wrestling, and whatever else they can come up with on a whim, you're listening to The Slacker Cast. What is up, everybody? Here at you with another episode of the Slacker Cast. I'm Greg. With me, as always, is Lawrence. What's going on, guys? From the S'mores and Doors podcast, Corey. What's oh, up, yeah. Dr. <laughs> Pepper. Zero triggers. I like and, that. And the famous football star, Dustin. <laughs> with even worse hair than before, right? I'm telling no, you. No. When do we start this football star thing? This is my fresh out of the shower. Hair. Well, he's tossing a football up and down. I assume he's a football star. What team does he play for? <clears throat> There's only one team. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So we are going to, once again, do a top 10 list this week. Uh, this week is going to be our top 10 favorite documentaries. <clears throat> I don't know whether they're our favorite, whether we think they're the best, whatever. It's just going to be our top 10. But we do, um, before anything, let me go ahead and uh, link the the link in the chat here. So if anyone wants to join in and give their picks, they can do that. But uh, first thing we're going to do before we get to our list is I actually ran this by some people at work and um, just other people and asked them what they thought their favorite documentaries were. So one guy at work did give me uh, a list of his. he actually did the full shebang. He did ten, did ten picks and five honorable mentions. So, uh, what about you guys? Did you um, get any get anyone from your work to work or homework <laughs> to give a list? I got I got the girlfriend's top ten and five honorable mentions too. So, oh, nice. Same. Mm-hmm. Lawrence, <laughs> I'm empty-handed, and nobody wanted to do this with me in my job. <laughs> That's fine, man. I'll tell you what, you can you can add. I can barely get my employees to work, dude, let alone make a fucking list on documentaries. <laughs> fucking documentary? What is that? <laughs> what are you trying to document? <laughs> All right, so uh, I think today what we'll do is uh, we'll start with you, Corey. I think we started with uh, Lawrence. We started with Dustin. So this week we'll start with you. So uh, uh, if you want to jump right into it and go ahead and give us uh, – who your person is and what the picks are. Yeah, so this is uh, my girlfriend's list, um, Adrian. And uh, I guess I'll just – I'll do her five honorable mentions uh, real quick. Uh, she had a show uh, – I guess it was a show filmed over multiple years. kind of reminded me of that Boyhood movie. It's called Up Series. And I think they followed a couple kids from, like, when they were young and, like, every few years they would shoot a new documentary with them till like, they like, the last one they were in their 50s, I believe. Uh, so that was one, uh, a, sh- a movie called Ward, Word War- Wars. It's, um, about Scrabble competitions. Um, 
Uh, one called Finding Vivian Meyer, which I was kind of interested in. I watched this with her. Uh, it's about a woman who was kind of like a street photographer, and she really never got her due until after she had died. Wow. Uh, it was kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, one called Richard III. It was about King Richard III in England, and uh, he was buried in at this church that uh, after many years, you know, kind of, they lost track of where the church was and um, I ended up finding his body buried under like this parking lot, which was kind of crazy. And wow. her last honorable mention was the orange years, the Nickelodeon documentary. So mm, what's that? I've never even heard of that. Right. It's pretty good. I, I watched it too. It's uh, it goes through all the, like the years with like double dare and all that shit as it went through. Yeah. I've heard so, of that. I haven't seen it yet though. Did it mention slime time or I don't remember if it did or not. Uh, that was my they, it, it got pretty in depth, though. So, gotcha. there, my audio should be much better now. I had it going through my headset, and now it's actually on my Yeti. So, yeah, I should sound, sound a little bit. All right. So, her number ten is a a movie called Grey Gardens. It's uh, hold on, I actually hold off on that. I'm gonna go ahead and read uh, uh, my buddy. Okay. Uh, okay. Dustin, you do your your uh, your person's honorable mentions real quick. Uh, mine was my girlfriend Tina's. And uh, her five honorable mentions were uh, Blackfish, the SeaWorld documentary. Nice. Uh, Audrey and Daisy, which is a story about two girls who were drugged, sexually abused, then cyberbullied. One committed suicide and the other committed suicide after the documentary was released. Jesus. I think his girlfriend shut his closet light off. <laughs> I think yeah. she did, too. <laughs> Uh, and then her, she only had three. It looks like she only had three honorable mentions. Uh, her other honorable mention was Mommy Dead and Dearest, the uh, Gypsy Rose story. Okay. I'm on my right. phone, so I have to switch back and forth to look. I should have wrote her list down, but you know. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you need to write it down real quick, go ahead. I mean, if you got the stuff to do it. I'll write the top ten down. But um. All right, so a little backstory on this guy's list that I'm about to give you. He, he's, a, he's a guy that I work with, and everybody has that guy at work that's that conspiracy guy. You know, they're always coming at you with this news you've never heard of. Greg, I know you're talking about. <laughs> or, 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 or something that's just out there. And, you know, I'm, I, I entertain the conspiracy stuff because some of it I, I buy into also. This guy goes full in, man, and I it, and it's it it always proves for some great conversation. I, I love when I work with him. But uh, number one on his honorable mentions list, uh, I don't know. Actually, these are no random, uh, no specific order. But it's a uh, it's one called Titty Cut Follies. I have no oh. idea what that is, and what it's about. <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, in the year of the pig, the sorrow and the pity. Vietnam and HD. Actually, he's got more than five here. The Real West, World War II in color, The New American Century, uh, The Kassarian Supremacy, The Thin Blue Line, and The Bikini Atoll. So those are his honorable mentions. I have not seen a single one of those, so I can't really comment on them. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. We actually have been debating a lot about this documentary thing. He does not approve of my list at all. I, I tell you what's cool about documentaries is uh, 
even more so than almost any other movie. If I hear someone's list and I've never heard of any of them, but you give me like a little bit of like what it's about, I'm probably going to check it out if I'm interested because they're just I, something about like a real story that's happened is so much more intriguing to me than like just a fake movie. Right. Well, I went back and like I did the same thing I did with the sports list and went and checked out like the top 100 and on a bunch of different sites. And there's like I have like a whole list that I wrote down. Yeah. Of stuff I'll, that I'll tell I'm you what I love but, about this list is some some of the revisits it brought to me, stuff it made me want to watch again, and also some of the new stuff it brought to me. So, like uh, that, that's that's what I really loved about doing this list. But um. All right, Corey, if you want to go ahead with uh, Adrian's uh, top ten, you, you can, I guess, just go ahead and name all of them at once, and then we'll just continue like that. So her number ten is a, a movie called Grey Gardens, which I watched it too. It's about uh, these two women that they live in kind of this rundown house on, I think it's on Martha's Vineyard, you know, but they're like family, they're cousins of Jackie Kennedy, and but they live in like just a filthy house, and it's just kind of crazy. Did it have uh, roaches? I I would imagine. Oh, right. so there's there's a scene in the <laughs> documentary where uh, like they're filming something and just something catches fire in the corner of one room. It's time to move. <laughs> uh, number nine is uh, Cave of Forgotten Dreams. That's a uh, there's this cave in France that uh, they discovered has all these ancient caveman paintings in it. Hmm. And uh, they went down and did a documentary on the paintings. Um, <laughs> uh, number eight, Paris is Burning. That's about kind of the... Uh, As he like, is. <laughs> the Vogue movement in New York back in the 80s. Um, number seven is called Crumb. It's about Robert Crumb. He's an artist. Just kind of like uh, comic strip art. That's kind of a little... Um, controversial, I guess you could say. Um, number six, This Filthy World. It's a John Waters documentary. Uh, number five, uh, The Architect and the Painter. It's about architect Charles Eames. Uh, number four is From the Earth to the Moon. That's the, uh, I think Tom Hanks produced that. It's yeah, I remember that. Program. Yeah, I remember too. Um, Number three is Ken Burns National Parks documentary. Uh, America's Greatest Idea, I think that's what it's called. Uh, and their last two I actually have here I can show. Uh, number two is Cosmos. Um, it came out a few years ago. And then her number one is actually Appreciate you. Is uh, really good too. This is kind of a as one of the it's a really good watch if you've not seen it, but it's called The Endless Summer. And it's like a road movie. These two guys are going all through the coast of Africa and, and surfing and, and seeing the sights. And that sounds so cool. Yeah, that actually does sound cool. <laughs> it's, really, it's really good. I've seen it. So that's her top ten. All right, Dustin, what do you got for us, man? All right. Uh, her number ten was Abducted in Plain Sight, which was the uh, – Netflix. I'm gonna like her top top ten already. I can you probably will. Yeah. Uh, she. I, I'll read you her notes because they're pretty good. Uh, 
she said abducted in plain sight like really how did this even happen and just giving blowjobs to his buddy what? Uh, what? number not have you not seen that documentary <laughs> no <laughs> oh you gotta watch that i'll it's on my list too i'll i'll go further in depth uh does it qualify at, as porn no taken at birth <laughs> is a docu-series about abortions that were actually back alley illegal adoptions out of a clinic in Georgia. Uh, the Vow, which is about Keith Rainier's sex cult. Fire Fraud, biggest what the fuck fake festival ever. Seriously, what the fuck. <laughs> Ugly Delicious, series about food in different areas and how it relates to the host. Hot Girls Wanted, doc about life as a cam girl. Don't fuck with cats. Best representation of a social media community working together to find a murderer. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Uh, ask Dr. Ruth, old lady sex therapist who is blunt as fuck and talks about things no one else will. Amy, Amy Winehouse documentary about her life. And her number one was Killing for Love. German exchange student falls in love with American girl and she convinces him to murder her parents. She pretty much writes him off, and he loves her still to this day. Well, That's I, her top ten. Dude, I can tell you right now what I'm liking with the documentaries, how diverse it is. Like, yeah. no two lists are really the same so far, so I'm liking – like, I haven't heard some of these at all. But. <clears throat> all right, so – Are we, we going to do our honorable mentions one at a time, kind of like we did last time? Yeah, we'll do them one at okay. a time. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so my friend Sean's list here. This this is a. Uh, now keep in mind he's got some he's got someone here that I that I'm interested in. Uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna see where where this is going rather quickly. So his number ten. Some of these I'm not gonna know what the hell they are, so I'm not gonna be able to really say anything about them. Some are self-explanatory. Um, number ten is a documentary called uh, Shoa S H. O-A-H. Oh, I, I saw that on a lot of lists. I don't know what that's about. I haven't. I couldn't oh, say. I think it's the Holocaust. Yeah, it's yeah. Holocaust. Oh, actually, that sounds interesting. I'll have to check it out. Uh, the People versus Agent Orange is his number nine. One thing I was going to say about Shoah, it's really long, but uh, it is good. See, that's the thing that I was giving him shit about because like, every documentary he gave me was like 10 hours long. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't have that kind of time, man. <laughs> And when I get to his number one, you'll you'll see why. But um, but yeah, number nine was the People versus Agent Orange. Uh, number eight is Nanook of the North, which is about uh about a lady that like an Eskimo that lives in Alaska, Alaska, I believe. That's on a lot of lists, yeah. Um, number seven is the American Experience. Number six is Requiem for the American Dream by Noam Chomsky. Uh, number five is Trey Smith's God in a Nutshell. Okay. Number four is 500 Nations, the Story of Native Americans. I actually want to watch that one. That, that He was telling me a little bit about it, and it sounds really good. So, you, you know, spoiler alert, it's not on my list. But um, <laughs> uh, Number three is Loose Change, New World Order, Endgame, Blueprint for Global Enslavement. What a fucking title. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a lot to take in just from the title. I've got to study <laughs> that alone. Uh, number two is Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus. 
And number one is The Civil War by Ken Burns, Ken Burns documentary, which that sounds interesting too, but when he told me it was 10 hours long, I'm like, dude, I'm not going to have time for that. Greg, let me ask you this though. Did this guy go to college? Because this stuff sounds like it's like getting ready for a report. Or like he did depth. go to college. He actually went to a uh, pretty good school. He went to Rutgers. So. Oh, yeah. Was, that's a really good school. He went to Rutgers. <laughs> The Black Knights, ain't they? All right. So moving on, let's jump into our honorable mentions, the list that everybody cares about. (laughs) It's uh, wait, I want to I did want to say when you're reading someone else's list, though, it's hard because you don't have the same passion that you have for the ones (laughs) you have on your list. So uh, that's a that's a challenge to do that. But uh, I do want to. Check out some of the ones that other people have listed here, though. So yeah, I do, I do too. It's just like you said; it's hard to really describe a documentary that you don't know really anything about, other than right. the title. Yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll say this: I've I've been looking forward to doing this list all week. Like I'm loving oh, these yeah, lists, man. Like just building them, and then the anticipation kills me once I get mine done. I'm like, man, I can't wait to tell my list. But me and me and Corey have been doing a list for probably twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like this, this is nothing new to us. So, hey, Dustin, has anyone ever told you you look like Jay Cutler? Yes. Yeah. I Dude, you look like you were sitting there. And I'm like, bro, that's Jay Cutler sitting there with this podcast. <laughs> Jay Cutler, Harry, Harry Connick Jr. Those are the two most common ones I get. It's great. See them both. All right, Corey. So let's do this, man. Your your first honorable mention. What do you got? All right. Before I throw the first one out, though, I wanted to I wanted to mention one that didn't quite make my list, but I feel like all these like crime documentaries that are out now owe a lot to this, and it's the uh, uh, shit. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> forgot the name of it. Um, the, the Paradise Lost series about the West Memphis Three. I think that kind of set the standard for like the modern crime documentary. So um, if you haven't seen those, check them out. But the case just doesn't interest me as much as a lot of people. So that's why it kind of didn't make my list. So, but I did want to shout it out. Uh, So my first honorable mention that kind of coincidence is Ken Burns Civil War. Uh, Nice. I felt like like that's his masterpiece and uh, kind of deserved to have a spot on my list somewhere. So, do you think it was a good number one choice for Sean? Yeah, I mean, it's it's quality. One thing I'll say about my list, like from honorable mentions to number one, these are extremely close. Like one day my number eight could be number one. Uh, they're just that close to me. So um, I could see how that one could be number one on someone's list for sure. So, All right, so... Dustin, moving on to you, what do you have as your first honorable mention? Uh, as my first honorable mention, I put uh, Zeitgeist. The uh, which one? The first, the one we watched. Oh, the Zeitgeist kinda, addendum. Yeah, yeah. The kind of kicked. I'm not as much as a conspiracy theory, conspiracy theorist as I used to be, but that definitely kind of kicked off the whole open-minded. It definitely made a question mark appear above your head, like, hmm, you know, yeah. this. Some of this could be true. (laughs) Yeah. Probably most of it is, but... um, 
the uh, since uh, the first one on my list is actually one Corey already mentioned on Adrian's list. It is uh, Gray Gardens, which you know he pretty oh, wow. much explained what that was about. Uh, I I just saw this documentary recently, and you know it. I, I'm a big fan of documentaries that are done with very little talking by a narrator or anything like that because I feel like you get more into it and you get more connected to the people that the documentary is about if there's not somebody talking to you, you know, talking in your ear the whole time. But uh, I enjoyed it, man. From beginning to end, I was intrigued and I'm like, it's interesting to see how these these women who were obviously upscale women at one point just yeah. – basically just gave up and became recluses man and like they barely went out for anything and it looked like most of their food was delivered to them and it mm -hmm. like it's almost like they weren't even aware of the situation that they were no. in no. like they they seemed like they both kind of like lost their sense of uh their grasp on reality from just being recluses for so long but mm -hmm. but it was good i mean i, I enjoyed it I'm surprised that one's on your list, honestly. I'm my right list, my, my list is good. going to surprise people <laughs> with some of the stuff on it. I'll say that. Uh, I brought my pen so I can write some of these down. So, Oh, good idea. That sounds like a good Justin, sound. just rewatch the video. Yeah, I, I always rewatch our show every time. <laughs> this is recorded. Anyway, so. but, I'm a busy uh, yeah. man, okay. So, Lawrence, what do you got for your first honorable mention? Uh, my first honorable mention was the the Ted Bundy tapes uh, on a Netflix that came out just a couple of months ago. That one just uh, barely missed my list. Yeah. I, I mean, I liked it when I watched it. Um, my only criticism of it, you know, I love the Ted Bundy case only because of how insane it is. I mean, of all the serial killer stuff we go through, you know, his story is just completely without cause or reason. There's no like, a, like origin story for him that would suggest why he became what he became. But, they didn't tell me anything in the documentary you can't read on Wikipedia is my only issue. It's like I didn't learn any new information or get any new insight on Ted Bundy or the murders themselves. I mean, it yeah. was kind of just you could have just read it anywhere. Um, so that's the only reason it's on my honorable mentions, not in the actual list. But I just thought it, um, you know, that's just my number five. Cool. All right, well, uh, coming back to you, Corey, what would be your next honorable mention? So my next one, I'll, I'll go, because my honorable mentions aren't really in any order. Um, the first season of Making a Murderer, uh, because that, that show kind of like, it, it reminded me of like watching uh, Breaking Bad, like, the, the <laughs> cliffhanger at the end of each episode, like I had to go on and watch the next one. Um, so, you know, I didn't really get in, into the second series of it too much, but, uh, that first one was like cliffhanger after cliffhanger. Yeah, I hadn't seen the second neither, but the first I one was still, good. I still have not finished the first season that I like start watching it. And for some reason, something distracts me and I lose interest, but, um, uh, I, I couldn't finish that. It. Yeah. I couldn't stop it either. That was the one with the, the Steve Avery guy or Steve Avery and Brandon Dassey. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a good one. All right, Dustin, what do you got for your next uh, honorable mention? My next honorable mention is Filthy Rich about Jeffrey Epstein. Nice. That just came out, huh? Yeah, that was, I think it came out like during the pandemic. I remember watching it during the pandemic. Just crazy how his 
how connected he is to so many rich and powerful people. Yeah, he yeah definitely. No, right? <clears throat> it's a, a crazy story. A lot of conspiracies uh, surrounding that one as well. Yeah, he definitely did not kill himself. <laughs> oh. <No. laughs> and he might actually still be alive. I think he's still alive. Dustin, we're going to be next. Dude. You, can't, you can't acknowledge that. <laughs> All right, so my next, uh, the next one of my honorable mentions. Uh, originally, I had this in my top 10, but I decided to change it out for something else. Um, but it is uh, Super Size Me, the uh, documentary about, uh, about Morgan Spurlock, uh, you know, doing, trying to eat McDonald's, nothing but McDonald's for 30 days straight, and the effect it had on his body. I don't know, man. I liked I liked this documentary. It was it was interesting to to just see how he just felt like crap from eating the same garbage food every day. And right. I think you he like went through everything him. on the menu too. You know, it's because of him they got smaller portions like at restaurants and stuff because that documentary. They stopped yeah. doing the super size at McDonald's. Yeah, yep. that's exactly one. But yeah, I, I liked it. It was a, uh, it was interesting. Have you seen his series that he did on FX? I think it only had like one or two seasons where he does like, he does all kinds of shit for thirty days. Like every no. episode is something different. I think it's called Thirty Days. Well, uh, no, I mean the McDonald's one interests me because I, I mean fuck, I'm drinking a McDonald's drink. I had McDonald's before <laughs> I started this podcast. So. Yeah, I eat a lot of McDonald's. But it definitely made me, uh, you know consider you know hey this is probably not something you should eat every day so exactly just get diet right diet what diet 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 double cheeseburger <laughs> the fuck is that <laughs> well you showed he a get, drink he probably so gets like, a diet okay. coke so yeah i you yeah. know what i don't get the diet coke if i'm eating a mcdonald's i'm like why i'm already <laughs> eating crap food why am i gonna get a diet <laughs> yeah, drink to no, go really. with it the only time it makes sense is if you're like tossing, like you're calorie counting and you're tossing away the the bread and not getting the fries and stuff like that. Then I would get it. But. Did you used to do that though? I man, I I remember there was a, I had a friend. I thought it was you that would like go to McDonald's and order a big ass meal and then get a diet coke with it. Don't think it was me. Because uh. I'm not, I've never been a big fan of diet coke. So. Every time he'd go to McDonald's and order this big fucking meal and then get a Diet Coke with it. Like, oh, all, right, all right, man, what you doing there? Two double quarter pounders. I think we knew a guy once that, uh, that ordered that, didn't we, Corey? What? Or was it the two Subway sandwiches? That guy that worked at the oh, radio station. Subway. Oh yeah, I did. I've done the two double quarter pounders before. <laughs> oh, he's about himself. <laughs> No, All right, uh, so Lawrence, what's your next honorable mention? My next honorable mention it was Titty Cut Follies, man. I can't believe someone else had that on a list. I thought I found that for myself. I'm kind of jealous. Titty Cut Follies is like something from like that you shouldn't be watching. I love documentaries that make me feel like I'm going behind like enemy lines or like Area 51 style. But uh, it's basically like a, a an insane asylum somewhere up in, I believe it's Pennsylvania. I might be wrong, um, but it takes place in like the '60s, and it's in black and white, and it's grainy and gritty. And it shows you 
how people are treated in insane asylums. It looks like, I mean, it's just, it's like hell, man. You got people sitting around stark naked, sitting in their own feces, and the way they treat these guys is, I mean, it's almost like they're not human, and it's one of the most. It sounds interesting. I'm not it's, it's, it's just evil looking, man. I don't like that. Everything about this was just bad. And like, there's a scene where like the doctors are like talking to this one guy, and he's like, "I'm not crazy," but they keep talking to him like he is, and they're like, they make him crazy just by the questions they ask him and the way the doctors manipulate him. And they're like, "Did you take your medication? Make sure you do this." He's like, "I don't, I don't want to take it because it's making me crazy." And they're like. No, and then they just chart it down and write everything down. You're completely powerless at this fucking place, and it's just so heartrending, man. Um, so yeah, that was definitely mine. Check it out hmm. if you ever get a chance. It's on to, YouTube, I think. I'm gonna have to write that one down, or at least revisit and make a note to myself because that does sound interesting. I'd like to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should probably not do that. Maybe I should not talk about. Hey, yeah, that's on your list. I want to watch it to not spoil if it's on mine or not. <laughs> Uh, all right, moving on to you, Corey. What do you got next? All right, my next one is uh, I try I tried to pull all the ones that I own out so I can kind of show them. But um, my next one's Freddie Mercury, The Great Pretender. Uh, this one kind of documents a lot. I guess a lot of people may not know that uh, there was a time in his career when he was trying to break away from Queen and do other things. And this kind of documents that time period. And it goes into everything he did kind of on his own. He did like opera stuff with a like a renowned opera singer and and some other things. And it's a pretty good uh, insight into where he was at that time. This was like just before Queen got back together, right before, you know, he found out he had AIDS and his time was kind of numbered. So it's, it's a really good watch. So Interesting. Uh, Dustin, what All you right. next? my next one is Killer Inside the Aaron Hernandez story. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't know there was a documentary on him. Yeah. yeah, it's actually really good. And it has a lot of his uh, like letters from prison and stuff like that. And just as a Patriots fan. It does, what a waste out. of talent, you know what I'm saying? That's a tragedy like, story, yeah. man, oh. if, if there ever was one. Yeah, and when we had uh, when we had Gronk and him together, man, and we had when he went to prison, we had just re-signed him, and we were going to have them two on either side for well, dude, at least had, the next couple of years. Right. And he had it all. It's not like he was on a shitty football team either. He was on the Patriots. He would have been. Uh, he would have gotten more rings. He was on a championship team. He had a, a beautiful wife, man, a daughter. He had a millions of dollars all gone at the age of twenty-five, and it's like that's fucking crazy. Oh, I've I said this on a lot of celebrities. And fuck with me. Go My ahead. theory on a lot of celebrities like that that come from hard backgrounds is like once they reach that that top tier status and they can't give up that old crowd, man. Like they feel some kind of weird loyalty to that old crowd that they ran with. And it keeps them in that mindset, man, that, you know, if they were gangbangers, it keeps them in that gangbanger mindset. They just can't give the shit up. So they keep doing the same dumb shit they did before they were rich when they don't have to do that stuff anymore. So it's like, they're trying to keep their notoriety amongst their, their old peers or something. And it sometimes drags them down and, 
leads to tragedy about, stories like this. Sad thing about Aaron Hernandez, though, is he really wasn't that much of a gangster. He was just... I was going to say the same thing. I, he's from fucking Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a lot of his problem, if you want to believe the stuff from that documentary about the gay tendencies. Yeah, I think a lot of that he was trying that. to he was trying to fight that image and trying to be tougher than he actually was. Yeah. So he just made stupid mistakes. So right. Well the Briscoes are from, from Delaware. I mean they look like yeah I don't want to fuck with the Briscoes. Sandy Fork, Delaware, sir. Yeah. Sandy Fork. <laughs> Place I don't ever want to visit. Sounds terrifying. <laughs> All right, so uh, next on my list is uh, one that's already been mentioned, uh, Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes. Um, I watched this documentary. I was into it. I wish it would have gave us a little more insight than it did. All right. Like, they they kind of, like, you know, tippy-toed around some of the horrific things Ted Bundy did. And almost, it's almost like the documentary tried to sometimes make him more likable than he needed to be. Well, have you seen the uh, the movie that the, that Zac Efron was in? He played Ted Bundy. I didn't see it. No. Uh, yeah, I think it's an. I, I want to say it's a Netflix movie. It is. But uh, you, yeah, you want to well, talk about trying to make Ted Bundy likable? One I oh, want to yeah. watch is uh, that documentary that just came out. I think it just finished up. It's a multi-parter. Uh, of John Wayne Gacy, I want to watch that one. They need it and see it and see how that one, see how that one is. That one's pretty good. But uh, moving on to you, Lawrence. We're at what? We're at number four on our. Uh, on our no, we're mentions. on number three. Oh, three. Well, uh, are we? Yeah. <laughs> No, because I've said I've said three. I said Super Size Me, uh, Grey Gardens, and Conversations with a Killer. Yeah, he's the, he's still got to do his third one. Yeah, I oh, okay. my third one. I'm last, so that's right. I forgot. My bad. My third one was uh, it's called "They Shall Never Grow Old." I don't know if any of you heard of that one. Um, I haven't. It's World War One in color. It's like all the film footage from World War One that they had, and like I love this one. It's a World War One one. And we don't know a lot about World War One, but this really shows you how shitty it was. It was like the the tipping point between the old way of fighting wars and the new way of like, you know, like the, the in between between World War Two and like the Civil War type shit. This is when they finally got machine guns. And there's one scene where like the soldiers are, they they hear that they receive tanks, and they think tanks means like water tanks because they don't know what what a tank is, and they finally see a tank for the first time. And it like blew their minds. Like they didn't know what you could do with this. And like when they used it on the battlefield, it changed war completely. Like the, you know, when they talk about a dude getting sniped, the guy was saying the guy next to him, he said it sounded like an egg breaking open, an eggshell cracking. And he looked over and they said the oh. dude's head was like caved in. And he was just talking to this dude for like a second. The snipers were everywhere. And this is the first time they ever had war like that. And it was like if you popped your head out of the trench for like a second, you were dead. And they would have to go across open fields, just walking, or like in gunfire, strafing against you. If you try to retreat, they would kill you. So it was like, and one guy, dude, he said one dude was like, he was he was unconscious, but his lung was out of his body, and he can see it inhaling and exhaling, like like a like a organ oh. bag. And he was looking at it, and they had to like stab him to make him dead. Like they just went through and were killing people. 
And World War One was harsh, man. That's like I, when I heard about it, I'm like, there's nothing good about this. I don't know, man. So that's what I got. If you've ever seen it, I don't know. I don't know if you want to check it out. <laughs> I don't know how you top that, Corey, but <laughs> I don't know. This one ain't gonna do it. I can promise you. Uh, all right, my number four honorable mention. I think you may have seen this, Greg. Uh, my Amityville Horror. Uh, it's about the son that lived in the house, uh, you know, from the family that's portrayed in the main movie. Uh, and I, you can add, you can say what you want to about that story being true, but there's something wrong with this dude, no <laughs> doubt, watching this movie. But he kind of tells the story of what happened, what he remembers from being a kid living in that house. And uh, it's a pretty, pretty interesting watch. All right. My next one was uh, was Blackfish, the SeaWorld documentary. It was just pretty interesting to find out all the that how fucked up zoos and places like SeaWorld actually kind of are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never really think about it when you're walking around the zoo. You're just like, oh, look at the cool animals. And then you're like, oh, man, it kind of must kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. Plus, it had a big impact on SeaWorld and stuff shit so dude did that change like are they allowed to still have killer whales or did that stop that or something i know it, it changed stop any, i mean uh, it, they, they stopped uh they stopped getting new ones yeah. so when they all die off they won't have them anymore and i and i think they have new regulations that like they're they're like whenever they're their pods or whatever it is that they keep them in they can't keep them in something that's bathtub sized anymore i think they actually have to have a bigger <laughs> area to move around in and such like yeah. that. I think that's changed about it as well. Because, yeah, I mean, I that's that's what they were doing. They were, they were keeping them in, like, yeah. bathtub size little... They tried, know, to blame, they tried to blame the trainer, right? Because they said that... Uh, and then they stopped that from, like, the trainers interacting with the whales like that. Like, getting in there and, you know, playing in their mouths and doing tricks and shit on them. That was a crazy one. That's it's interesting. It's an interesting documentary because uh, they treated... The the uh, orcas like shit. They also treated their employees like shit. Yeah. Well, so and it was so it was. I put it on my list because it was it had a big impact, like an actual. It talk about something that you know somebody made and it actually made a, a difference. Right. So yeah, true. I, I had to put it on there. All right. So uh, my next one on my honorable mentions. I might get a little bit of controversy for. Uh, this, this one could be debated, I guess, a little bit as to whether or not it's truly a documentary or not, considering the facts that have come out after the fact. But mine is Faces of Death. These, these movies, these movies right. were all the, the rave when I was growing up, man, because these were at what, what we were told at the time were legit documentaries of just scenes of people who have died in horrific ways or just weird shit of the world that a lot of people didn't know about. Like this one was proven to be fake later on or so, so they say, <laughs> but, um, is there's one in particular that everyone talks about where they put a monkey in the center of a table and they, they close it to where only its head is exposed and they knock it on the head and start eating its brains. Now it was said later on that that was fake, but like, at the time, 
I mean, that shit blew your mind. Like, what? I mean, you, you just couldn't believe it. But, yeah, Faces of Death was uh, definitely was, impactful to me as, as growing up. What was that website that you could go to back in the early, early internet days? Rotten.com. Yeah. yeah. Rotten. <laughs> you see, like, dead bodies and shit? Yeah. I remember I that, a, yeah. Tupac I had a roommate. I had a roommate who was crazy as fuck. And I would come home from work. And he was always on that website or some other fucking psychotic shit. And and, he, and I eventually told him, I was like, look, man, I was like, I don't want you going to this shit on my computer. All right. I was like, <laughs> right. I, was like I don't I don't want my fucking search history or anything like that. If, you know, God forbid I was to have my shit taken from me, that they find all this rotten dot com shit in my search history or whatever other weird shit you're looking up. I was like, I don't want it on there. So frame you for murder. Exactly. Real quick on the Faces of Death, there's a Blu-ray out of that, and there's a documentary on it. Jonathan and I actually interviewed the guy that did the produce the documentary or the uh, the commentary. I mean, and uh, he he does this commentary with the director, and he the director tells how they did a lot of those set up a lot of those scenes, including the monkey scene. So yeah. if you ever find that Blu-ray on it, may be worth checking out. But some of that stuff was real. Some of those shots are real in that that are just kind of like file footage. For yeah, me. like like when I when I researched it later, when all when it came out that a lot of it was actually you know scripted. It basically was a half and half thing. It's like yeah. half of their stuff was real, half of it was not. So I mean, right, right. So I mean, it's not like it doesn't really fall under documentary guidelines because some of the stuff did actually happen. But and there and you know as far as we knew at the time there wasn't any actors we thought it was real people so. right yeah it was really well done actually even, even to today's standards it's still pretty convincing if you watch it mm -hmm. uh lawrence what do you got for your uh your number four well basically it's made like the number if you want to put number four yeah Making a Murder, uh, I know it was mentioned previously. This is the first season. I haven't seen the second series, but I didn't put this in my regular list because as time has gone on, like it was compelling Like when you binged it and kind of watched it with the cliffhangers. But as far as the facts of the case and like how it makes me feel, I wasn't really – like I'm not taken back with the case. I didn't feel like it was as compelling. I'm kind of leaning towards – him kind of having done it based off just stuff I've read <laughs> researched. And I feel like the documentary is very biased. Like, I don't know. I know you've seen it, yeah. Corey. It's very, it makes the, the prosecutors look evil and it makes yeah. the Avery guy look good. But yeah. what does affect me is the younger guy who was kind of slow. Uh, and I don't think he would had anything to do with it. I think he was caught up in something stupid and he was kind of dragged in uh, the guy, Brendan Dassey. But um, it's a good it's a good one, man. But it just didn't make my list for the reasons I said. I tell you who I feel bad for watching that is Steve Avery's parents. Like yeah. they're old oh, and they're trying dude. to deal with all this crap. Right, I did too. And they had gotten him out the first time. That's the crazy yeah. part yeah. of the case. And they did everything they could to get him out of prison just to go through it again. Yeah. Sad. So. All right, my last honorable mention. <laughs> Uh, this will probably mean more to me and Greg from where we're from. Um, but I'm sure Greg knows the story of uh, in 1977, the Evansville Aces basketball team uh, were all killed in a plane crash. 
Um, and this is a documentary that came out locally here called From the Ashes. And this is kind of the story of the aftermath of the plane crash and how they rebuilt the team um, and, you know, try to get the program back from basically death, you know, back to playing again. So uh, it's pretty good if you're like from around here. So it's, you know, it's kind of means something to me for that reason. But, uh, but yeah, I had to, had to at least put it on the honorable mentions. It's not not the greatest produced documentary, but, you know, it's local stuff. So, And as Corey said, like, if you're from our area, you know who the hell the Evansville Aces are. No one doesn't know who the Evansville Aces are. So. Interesting, interesting uh, side note about that uh, team that was killed. Jerry Sloan, that, that coached the Utah Jazz, um, when they played the Bulls in the finals a couple times, uh, he was an Evansville ace, and then he wow. then he, he was the very first Chicago Bull actually too. But he was going to be the coach of that team, and he resigned. So had he stayed as coach of that team, he'd have been killed in that plane crash too. So crazy, fucking crazy. <laughs> All right, Dustin, what do you got for your final? All right, for my final honorable mention, I put Borat. Borat? What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, put, I put uh the, De the Dennis Rodman 30 for 30. I was hoping it was Borat, dude, because I thought you would redeem me for that Fast and Furious fiasco last time. Yeah, no. I think that's the only You'll never recover from that. I just was trying to be funny. No, I put the Dennis Rodman 30 for 30 because uh, it it gives you an insight on how fucked up his life actually was before he started playing basketball. He was actually homeless for two years from about 18 to 20 and then just kind of stumbled into playing college basketball. And he's actually and – and he's really like a basketball genius when you hear him talk about the game and how he played the game. He's – it, it was pretty fascinating. Like I've always loved Dennis Rodman, but I, I didn't know how uh, how awesome he actually really was when it comes to basketball. Yeah, yeah. Like in the like mentally, like I know I watched him play. I, mean, I definitely liked Rodman. As a matter of fact, I actually read that first book that uh, somebody put out about him. That uh, it gave me a like lot of biography. Yeah, I, it gave me a lot of insight into you know. His, his his life, his background, and such like that. So it made me like him even more after that because, you know, everybody just looked at the guy and they're like, oh, what, what the fuck's this weirdo, man? He wears <laughs> women's clothes and he makeup and shit with the colored hair. They, they just, they didn't understand. He's actually a really, it, so. really shy guy. Like, he, yeah. it, it, it's a really good documentary. So, yeah. What fascinates me with uh, Dennis Rodney is how he's able to stay relevant. Like, remember when he was like in North Korea? And like even recently, he was in the news trying to get America to be friends with North. Like this guy's everywhere. Has he's a super celebrity crazy. now, man. Right, that's what I'm saying. But so, like the the coolest thing to me about that documentary is when you when when you hear him talk about how he learned how because he was the best one of the best rebounders ever in the NBA, and he talks about how he would watch film and he knew how everybody's shot was going to bounce off the backboard or the rim. He knew every player. He studied every player's film and everything. So he knew exactly where to be whenever the ball came down off the rim. It, it's pretty cool, man. Check it out. 
if you haven't watched it. Yeah, All right. So my last my last honorable mention is probably going to be I'm thinking it's at least going to be on a couple of y'all's list. Probably definitely outside the honorable mentions, but mine is Hoop Dreams. The story about Arthur Ag and William Gates and there's uh, there are you know struggles to try to become uh, you know chasing that dream of becoming a professional basketball player. Um, I really like this documentary. I actually hadn't seen it until just recent. Um, it uh, I think it it would probably have meant a lot more to me if there hasn't been so many stories that basically copied it today. That's, you know, essentially the same thing. So I think that's why it didn't have the impact on me that it probably did most people when they first saw it back in 94 when it came out. I did see it. So, uh, I think a lot of movies have stolen that storyline. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's like, you know, it's it's just because that's the story of so many NBA players now, man. There's, there's mm-hmm. so many players that make it to the league now that, that have that, that story, that struggle story. But it was... For its time, man, it was a very insightful uh, documentary, man. It, it it showed a lot of the struggle that, you know, poverty kids like that have, especially in those type of communities that most people are completely blind to and they don't know about, you know. So, but it, it's it's an excellent documentary. It, it just barely missed my list. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's my fifth honorable mention. Nice. Okay, so my final one was just the History Channel thing that they had, which was just the Ancient Aliens. I don't know if any of y'all saw that. I saw uh, that. Yeah, the Ancient Aliens was good. It had a lot of good theories of, you know, like the Chariots of the Gods thing. Basically, like aliens built the pyramids and, you know, the uh, they call them ancient astronauts or something. <laughs> but, like, if Earth and civilization, or at least early civilization, was guided by aliens... And we had talked about this in an earlier podcast with the whole space and alien things has always kind of fascinated me. But, you know, it, it barely I mean, it it would have been in my list. But um, the only thing is, is none of that stuff's proven. And that's the only thing that kind of bugs me is like they're all, all just theories. kind of wild crackpot theories and stuff. But it's not nothing based on science or facts or none. So. Hayden says uh, on your uh, thing there that the last dance actually made him go back and watch Robin's thirty for thirty. Yeah, but they do a good job about with Robin on that last dance too. But yeah, thirty for thirty goes more in depth. Uh, so, all right, um, moving on to what what matters, gentlemen. Our top ten yeah. list. Corey, you got the luxury of going first this time. Yeah. Since Lawrence always thinks you have the best list anyway, um, <laughs> go, go ahead, give us your uh, number 10. Uh, my number 10 is a movie called Mr. Death. Uh, this is about a guy that he's an, he's an expert um, in um, devices that kill people, basically, like electric chairs. He builds electric chairs for prisons, uh, lethal injection systems and things like that. So he gets called in to be an a uh, an expert in this trial for this guy who's a Holocaust denier, and he goes to Auschwitz and takes samples in the gas chambers to try to prove for this guy's uh, defense that there was no uh, 
chemicals or, you know, no poison used in the gas chambers. And he, he fucks up the samples because he doesn't know what he's doing. He's not an expert in getting samples. So when this, the uh, tests come back, the lab have no clue what they're doing uh, testing on. So there's no, like, there's no uh, gas in the samples. So it, it basically ruined this guy's career as working with these prisons and stuff because he made such a bad name for himself with this trial. So, uh, but yeah, that's, it's, it's really good though. If, if you guys can track it down, it's worth a watch for sure. So sounds interesting. I'd like it to does. Check it out. Austin, right. ready for my number 10? I'm not <laughs> ready. More at two. My, my number 10 is uh, is March of the Penguins. <laughs> well, okay. March I know it sounds penguins. weird, but and, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen a lot of nature documentaries, but that one like really like ropes you in. And the, I remember I was actually I watched that on a plane. It just happened to be the movie that was being shown on a plane. And I was like on the edge of my seat the whole time. And I've never watched an animal documentary that made me feel like that so i had to put that on my in my top 10. nice interesting plus it made me love penguins they're my favorite animal now i mean how do you not love penguins anyway (laughs) between that and happy feet you know all right so number 10 on my list uh, it's going to be no shocker to anyone that I had something like this on my list, but uh, it is the Dark Side of the Ring, the Chris Benoit story. Ah, Chris Benoit. Uh, man, like, this is one of the most tragic stories in wrestling. And uh, they do it, they do it, they talk with David Benoit a lot. And he, like, he's, he's such a victim in this whole thing because he wants to be a professional wrestler. He wants to try to follow in his father's footsteps, you know as far as like the business, the wrestling business goes and like make a name for himself and like almost like redeem his family name in a sense, but no one will give this guy a chance or or even remotely even look at him because, you know, of what he's associated with because he's Chris Benoit's son. So, but a fascinating documentary. I won't, I won't go into, uh, you know, discussing what Chris Benoit did. I'm pretty sure everyone's familiar with that. Wait, Greg, Uh, do you think he did it though? Do I think who did what? Do you yeah, think Chris he did. did. Nope. Yeah. Greg, do you think he did it? Of course, I think he did it. <laughs> why wouldn't? Why would anybody? There, because there are people that say that there was actually some people who said that he might not have done it. And there was like a big thing initially, but I think it's better. You're talking refuted. about that Kevin Sullivan shit. Yeah. There's some. There's some people who think the damn world's flat too. So. Yeah. <laughs> I actually almost put that documentary on the list. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's my number ten. Is uh, the Dark Side of the Ring uh, Christmas Ball story. Nice, cool. I guess it's my turn now. Um, my number ten was something you can watch on. Uh, you know, YouTube's got some. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was laughing at earlier. Fucking. <sighs> I'm not a high. <laughs> I'm just. He's drunk. Nobody believes you. <laughs> I'm just tired. Hey. Today I'm just know. tired. Y'all, dude, YouTube's got some great documentaries you can watch just on YouTube if you subscribe to certain guys, um, especially if you like history. And I'm a huge history buff. Uh, so my number 10 was Caesar and Gaul. Uh, I love 
Roman history, anything to do with Rome, ancient Rome. And like, I love the great commanders like uh, Alexander the Great, Attila the Hun, all those guys, hearing how they just kicked ass and just were just kings and old school warlords. But like, Caesar's probably my favorite because when Caesar came on the scene and Gaul was his first thing when he became like, led, led to him being the first emperor of Rome. And basically, he, it's like if you took a guy who discovered America, had him fight a revolutionary war, and then turn around and do the Civil War, win that, and then, uh, you know, expand West. Like, everything Caesar was fighting up until the day he was murdered in the Senate, when he first became emperor. He'd never stopped fighting wars. He fought guys at, you know, at home away over decades. It never stopped, and he was just – it shows why he was so badass. Um, that's just what I got for my number 10. All right. Yes. Moving on to you, Corey. What's your uh, number nine? Well, my number nine, I don't have it here, uh, is Hoop Dreams. Um, Greg said pretty much everything. I think what's cool – not cool for them, but what's interesting about that documentary is they didn't make the NBA, you know, they, yeah. that was their goal, but they just didn't get there. And, um, uh, just the whole, you know, put basketball to the side, the whole family dynamic and, and all they had to struggle through, um, makes that really interesting. And, you know, I know it's like three hours or so, but it goes by pretty quick. So that's, uh, had, to, had to make the list. So, yeah, it was a great one. All right. My number nine is The Great Hack. It's <laughs> uh, it's about the uh, Cambridge Analytica scandal, and it exposes how social media and it is just watching and listening to everything that you're doing and then taking all that data and creating algorithms to just tell you shit that you want to hear to drive you in certain directions. It's pretty fascinating. Dustin, who's in it? Like, who stars in it? It's it's a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> There's no movie stars in it. <laughs> it's mostly about the it's mostly about the whole Facebook thing where it's got Sylvester Stallone in it. Okay, where Mark Zuckerberg? That's when Mark Zuckerberg had to go in front of Congress and all that. Oh, shit I remember that about yeah. that. Yeah, because they were basically they're basically taking all your data. I mean, your fucking phone listens to everything that you do. Like, literally, you give your phone permission to listen to you, which exactly. is why shit shit will pop up in your feed that you were talking about five minutes ago. Yeah. yeah, how'd you know I liked uh, peanut? You know, it's like that's why. <laughs> we added peanut M and M's to your cart for you on Walmart.com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, it's probably only going to get worse. But it was it was mainly about how they would they they were driving trying to drive the election one way or the other. Oh yeah, that was crazy. That was the main focus. <laughs> so all right, uh, well, my number nine has already been mentioned and I believe Corey's honorable mentions. It is my Amityville horror. Uh, it's where, you know, he pretty much, you know, gave a little insight about it where they interviewed Daniel Lutz, uh, the son from the Amityville house. And like, like touching on what Corey said, that guy, you can definitely tell he's been through something like, like something's happened to that dude, man, because like, 
the Amityville story, whether you believe it or not, like that guy watching him talk about it will make you believe it because like he he seems uneasy when he talks about it. It doesn't seem like he's you know making shit up. He he just there's an uneasiness about him that's hard to explain without actually just looking at him when he's talking about it. But uh, I enjoyed it, man. I'm I've always been fascinated by that story, so definitely had to make my list. Cool, nice. You're up, Lawrence. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm waiting for someone to go. It's my turn. All right. So JFK, a president portrayed. I don't know if you guys ever seen that one. Any of the Kennedy conspiracy theories or, you know, documentaries on him and his death. Uh, fascinating. The whole thing. Because, like, this actually is great because it shows why he might have been assassinated. Like, people say that there's this big... You know, Illuminati or New World Orders and stuff, but that doesn't satisfy in the sense of why. Why would he get assassinated? What was he trying to do that was so bad he needed to die? And this kind of goes into it. Like, apparently, he was kind of a fuck-up. Like, you had the Bay of Pigs thing where he botched, and he was trying to put in a lot of... He was challenging the military-industrial complex. And what's crazy is it talks about how Eisenhower and Nixon, how they handled it, by kind of agreeing with a lot of those generals and stuff and Kennedy kind of challenged their power. They had a lot of power, those guys in Washington, like the CIA, the director of all these different organizations. They actually had a lot more power than the president in a sense. And he was kind of trying to tamper with it. And it kind of suggests that there was like a plot to, to pretty much assassinate Kennedy and it just goes into depth about it. So definitely worth a watch. Cool. You got like a Ken, uh, Oliver Stone list of documentaries over there. <laughs> and, uh, thanks for yeah. joining us, Jess. He says, uh, <laughs> "Oh, we're waiting for Dustin to get back here." He says, "Magic and Magic and Bird: A Courtship of Rivals" was a good doc. Nice. And Ken yeah. Burns, and he also commented uh, about Ken Burns' Civil War. I gotta yeah. watch that, man. Everyone yeah, now I have to. Everyone's talking about it. So, what's good about it is it's in like chunks. You know, it's like episodes. There's like eight or nine episodes or something. So. Uh, that helps. So, all right, my turn. Yeah, it's on you. All right, my number eight is a, a movie called Searching for Sugar Man. Anybody seen this? No. What is that? So this guy, uh, his he was a musician in Detroit, I think, in the seventies. Uh, his name was Rodriguez, and he put out an album. And um, it didn't do shit in the states. Okay, so he pretty yes, much, it is Hayden. Pretty much assumed his uh, music career was over, but somehow, like his album got to South Africa, and he became like the biggest like folk artist in South Africa. What? Like every, he was like inspired everyone in that country. Yet. There was a rumor in South Africa that he had killed himself or was it was dead for some reason, and um, these people went out looking for him, and they found him. He was basically still living in Detroit, but homeless. And they used like song lyrics from the songs to try to figure out where he was, where he was from. But he's he was like living homeless, no power or anything. So they brought him to South Africa to do this tour, and it was it just they sold out like crazy in South Africa, and he was like the biggest artist there. So 
it's kind of the story of that journey. So, free South Africa, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> but it's, uh, <laughs> it's awesome. This one, I mean, this one could creep up to my top couple, you know, on certain days. So, um, yeah. I, right, probably, uh, I probably didn't explain very well, but it's it's really good. Yeah, it's, it's cool. <laughs> Moving on to you, Dustin. All right. My number eight is The Brainwashing of My Dad, which is a it's a documentary on Amazon Prime. And it talks about uh, it followed this lady. She's she started documenting her dad who used to be like a Kennedy loving Democrat. And then when Rush Limbaugh came into or started doing radio he started listening to rush limbaugh and uh it completely started uh shifting him to the right and it just talks about how dangerous like right-wing propaganda is and how a lot of it's false and they, that's uh, not true they play on, they play on uh, they play on people's fears and stuff and it, it's pretty good documentary when you think especially with all the 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 uh state of the country so, and how social media and stuff is now. And this right. was back during radio. And it's pretty cool because she, she, she followed, her dad becomes like this person who disowns his entire fucking family because of shit he heard on the radio. So. Jeez. <laughs> Maybe but, it is. And then, but, but at the end, well, yeah, at the end of it, he kind of, she starts to push him more towards, like, because his, like, he had, 1200 emails a day from like Fox News, Rush Limbaugh, like it's crazy. But it's on Amazon Prime. Check it out. It's good. All right. My uh my number 8 is Blackfish. We've already okay. talked about it. Um this documentary did it for me, man. Like it I I mean, I'm an animal lover anyway and I'm always fascinated by like especially sea life in general. So, like, hearing this story and about how this one specific orca killed, like, three different people just because it was lashing out about the conditions that, you know, its living conditions uh, is just a great documentary, man. I, I, it really took me in and brought me along for the ride and definitely changed my perspective on places like SeaWorld. The, the interesting thing is, like, I had went to SeaWorld maybe a couple years prior to seeing that documentary. And, you know, like I started thinking back on that about like, you know, it's all, it's all show there, man. Like the, some of the horror and you don't, you don't see because you have so much in the parts distracting you, you know, from all of that. So yeah, great documentary. I, I always recommend it to people as a, as a watch. So had to make my list. <laughs> All right, I guess I'm up now. Uh, my number eight was uh, something I watched a while back. Um, just found it on YouTube. It's called The Pruitt Igo Myth. And uh, this made my list because it shows you a place becoming a project, like in real time, kind of. It just kind of documents how it starts. Like they build these cheap housing complexes, right? And this was like in Detroit, I believe, or somewhere in like Missouri. And it was called Pruitt Igo. It was like a complex they built. And it was nice when they first made it, man. It was, it looked, you had a playground for kids and everything. And over time, because it looked nice, but it was not quality because it was, it was made cheap in, 
like the people that lived there eventually turned it into a like a ghetto or a project. Can I ask something? Go ahead. Did anyone watch any fucking feel good documentaries? <laughs> <laughs> there, I mean, that's a is good there point. any feel good what, documentaries? March of the Penguins know. was good. Yeah, that penguin. Yeah, one March of the Penguins. Yeah, yeah. Hey, there you go. See, I got one feel good. Yeah, but I mean, that's just what that is. If you ever get a chance, but go ahead. Thanks, Greg, for. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, before we move on to you, Corey. Uh, Jess here, but listed some uh, that I want to go ahead and throw, throw out from the chat here. He said some horror docs, uh, Never Sleep Again, uh, Crystal Lake Memories. I'm assuming that's probably a Jason documentary. Uh, More Brains, uh, ROTLD. Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead, okay. I, I kind of figured that's what it was, but I don't want to jump the gun there. Uh, the Psycho Legacy, Halloween 25 Years of Terror. Yeah, I think I actually saw that one. And he said, that's uh, just to name a few. Yeah. Feel free, Corey. Give us your name. <laughs> now that you mentioned the Please feel good. My, yeah. <laughs> my, my next two are the two heavy hitters on my list. So, oh. <laughs> so my number seven is The Bridge. Uh, it's a documentary about uh, the families dealing with people that have killed themselves jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, that is a good one. Uh, it's a tough watch because they actually have footage of these people jumping. I, well. I I've never seen that, so I gotta watch. Well, it. What is that called? The bridge. Um, but they they kind of have their family there telling the story, and you just see footage of those people on the bridge, and eventually they climb over and jump. That so, sounds rough, man. That's gonna be a hard one. I gotta make sure I'm in the right mindset before I watch yeah. that. Shit. Don't go in depressed. I promise you that. <laughs> All right. Uh, my next one is Fire Fraud, the uh, documentary about the fire festival and how this guy just literally duped thousands of people into spending thousands of dollars and then them getting stuck on an island with nothing, just... Plus, it, it also made for some pretty good uh, internet memes. So, Jesus. <laughs> All right, I guess uh, moving on to me for number seven. Well, my number seven is actually a feel-good documentary. It is Won't You Be My Neighbor, the story about uh, Fred Rogers, better known I as Mr. Rogers. I almost put that on my list. Uh, you know, like it, to took, it took me a little while to watch this documentary, but after I watched it, and learn so much about Fred Rogers. Like, man, like the Mr. Rogers thing to him wasn't an act. I mean, this dude was just legitimately like one of the best people who ever lived. Like, yeah, like all, all the people who ever worked with him never had anything but good stuff to say about him. Those sexual allegations coming out against him. I, that I <laughs> was, wasn't he like a Marine? He was like a badass though before that, wasn't he? That's, that an urban, that's an urban legend. Yeah, oh, that's an urban sorry. legend. The fact that he's, you know, has sleeves underneath the sweaters. Yeah, and, and that sleeves. There's, there's so many urban legends following this guy, but it, it's a great documentary if you just want a little insight into the life of Fred Rogers. So. And I think probably all of us, except maybe Lawrence, all grew up watching Mr. Rogers. No, I definitely so. did, dude. That was like a big thing. Well, I don't know how old you are. I know, I, I know the other three of us are old. Can I give you a movie quote, Greg, that pertains to your documentary choice? Go for it. Go for it. 
But it ends on such a downer. It does end on <laughs> such a downer. <laughs> oh, that's it, it shows him dying. Like, it's got live footage of him, like, being put no. to sleep. Like, what the? Put to sleep? He went to dog. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah the, the documentary ends with him taking him to the Humane Society. And... Uh, <laughs> I didn't I'm still waiting. I'm waiting for Lawrence's Fast and Furious moment on this list. Well, you might get it with this next one. Lawrence, moving on to you. <laughs> Well, like you kind of got all my shit's like depressing now that you mentioned it. I feel kind of guilty reading my list now. <laughs> all right, my number seven though was uh, I, I don't know if it was a thirty for thirty, but I watched it on Netflix. It was Ride Like Hell, the Lance Armstrong story. This blew my mind when I watched this, dude. Because as a kid, we all knew who Lance Armstrong was. I didn't give a shit about bicycle racing. <laughs> no one cared about that. He was a household name, and that shows how great he was. To, to be a household name in, in a sport no one cared about, you know, is, is pretty re uh, remarkable. And the fact that he was a cancer survivor, he was a hero. You know, everyone had those rubber bracelets, Lance Armstrong bracelets. And when it came out that he was a fraud, that he had cheated and all that, he, and it, it just was devastating. Dude. He lost. He, you talk about the biggest fall from grace in sports, man. That's one of them. You know, Lance Armstrong was a... You know, everyone knew who he was, and then he, it takes you into, like, the racing and how he was doping and, and doing all this in the Tour de France. And the saddest part was whenever he was, like, you know, he was friends with the president, uh, Bush, at the time, and he was on David Letterman. And when everyone found out he was a fraud, they just turned on him. And his mom, he was like, when my mom found out that I was a fraud, that was the hardest part because I had to, had to stand there and say that I was a liar. And he, he like, broke down crying. But it's a good documentary, man. I'm interested in it because you talk it up so much, but uh, I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to end up checking it out. Yeah. You know what's kind of shitty about the whole shit about him coming out as a cheater? What? He was a cheater in a sport full of cheaters. Everyone cheats yeah. in that sport. That's why yeah. so he was like everybody cheats in. He was like the best one of a bunch of cheaters. He was just so, like, he was a really good cheater. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do nothing of blood out and shit. So yeah. Tests would come out uh, not positive. So, dude, that was crazy when he was doing all that. Like he had, he had like bank heist style shit, and he was intimidating people that would tell on him and shit. It was fucking crazy. But yeah, that's it. That's what I got for my number seven. Hey, what's up, Jay? Yo, what's up? Uh, my number six is probably my heaviest hitter. How can it be any know. heavier than the last one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you've seen this one, Greg. I don't want to go too deep into into this because there's a major twist in it. But my number six is a movie called Dear Zachary. Uh, oh, I think I heard of it. I have heard of this movie. I ha I haven't watched it though because it I heard it makes everybody cry. Yeah. So basically, what happens is is uh, the director of this movie. This movie started out as a project. Uh, because his best friend was murdered and um you know he was going to do this documentary he was a filmmaker anyway he was going to do this movie um well first off i'm trying to explain it without giving too much away the guy his friend that was murdered was basically murdered by his girlfriend okay so a couple months later as she's kind of going through the process of going on trial 
she comes out and announces that she's pregnant with his child, the guy that she murdered. So what the director of this movie was going to do was go interview all of his buddies, family, and friends, everyone that ever met him. So his son would have this document about all these people telling him what kind of guy his dad was. So, you know, his the worst part is the guy that died, his parents were going to have to deal with this woman because she was having their grandson too. So they moved to this place in Canada where she like fled off to so they could spend time, deal with her and spend time with their grandson. And um, it just gets, it gets insane in this documentary. And if you haven't seen this, definitely try to find it somewhere, check it out because it is, it's pretty insane. So did, did it make you cry, Corey? It's it's a tough watch. I'll just say that much. So I I'm I'm so intrigued already. Yeah, I, me too. <laughs> that'll probably be watched by the end of the I've week. I've heard from me. everybody that's seen it and like online reviews that it, it's yeah it's pretty gut wrenching. Yeah. So I'll I'll probably too. cry. Not gonna lie. Yeah, me too. Yeah, especially yeah, anytime. Especially yeah, if you're a dad, especially uh, anytime something's dealing with kids, it's tough. Yep. So. Faux show. Yeah, that's uh, number six. All right. Uh, my number six is Mommy Dead and Dearest, the Gypsy Rose story. How she, her mom, she was a victim, or the Gypsy Rose was a victim of Munchausen syndrome, and her mom basically kept her sick her whole life and uh, sheltered away from everything. And she, she finally got access to the internet, met a boy, and they plotted and killed her mother. And, uh, it's interesting because uh, when you watch a documentary and there's a TV show too or a t or miniseries. Oh, and, uh, I know that. Yeah, you you kind of end up taking the side of Gypsy Rose, and you're like, well, her mom kind of deserved to to get killed. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it, it's a pretty good documentary, and the show I can't remember the name of the show too, but there was a show on like I think it was on Hulu, and uh, it's pretty good. Dude, what a sick thing to do to your own kid, though, right? Like, to I mean, force, yeah. yeah, that was fucked she up. was like making her eat with a feeding tube and like telling her if she drank like a soda that she would die and all yeah. these stuff. And she had doctors that were like on her side and you know with the mom. And then she finally met a doctor that was like, "You're not sick. Like, <laughs> you're fine." Like she even told her she couldn't walk. Like this kid thought she couldn't walk because her mom told her. You know, you can't walk without your wheelchair. Like it's crazy. Fucking See, this crazy. is this is the problem with this list right here. Is it's going to occupy so much time of my life <laughs> from the stuff I haven't seen because, I, like, I hear all the stuff. I'm like, man, I got to see that. I got to see this. <laughs> so, but uh, I'll go ahead and move on to to my number six. Here is hey, before, uh, before you hit your number six. Since you're going to be preoccupied with all this documentary, why not next week you just do your top 10 candy bar? Uh, top, t <laughs> top 10 candy bars? <laughs> I don't know. That I might take up more of my time. I don't know. Top 10, top 10 movie snacks. That might be a tough list for Greg. My number six has already been mentioned on my buddies. Uh, List it is uh, Patterns of Evidence Exodus, a uh, documentary by Tim Mahoney. It's a very interesting documentary. Uh, 
for believers and non-believers, I'll say, because it kind of debates that timeline when, uh, whether you believe Exodus happened or not, it debates the timeline as to when it probably did happen and gives quite a bit of evidence to support it. Um, basically what the documentary is trying to say is that Exodus most likely happened in the middle kingdom towards, towards the end of, or maybe in the middle of the middle kingdom, as opposed to at the beginning of the new kingdom, because of the Ramsey stuff, they, they touch on all that and how, you know, they might not have been referring to Ramses the second. It might've been a metaphor, things of that nature, but, uh, they talk to a lot of archaeologists in there and it gives, it gives a lot of both sides from believers and non-believers, which is why I liked it because it wasn't biased. You get both perspectives. I mean, it was biased because of the guy who did it, but like he definitely went and asked the questions to the archaeologists that would straight up say like, no, there is absolutely not. This is, this is set in stone. You know, this is what happened. This is when it happened. It's a, it's a really good documentary that I, I would recommend for anyone to watch. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, uh, my number six. Now, I guess we're doing numbers. Yeah, my mine yeah, was the, the up. Yeah, the up films. You mentioned it earlier, Corey, on your girlfriend's uh, list. Oh, yeah. The up films were good. I, I'd seen it because I was going through uh, Roger Ebert's list a while back. I wanted to watch all his great films list. This is on there. Um, and basically when I seen it, it's, it charts the, like the kids as their kids. And as they get older, it's like a series of them. What I liked about it the most was how there were certain personality traits in the kid that always transferred, no matter how old the kid got that you noticed. And, uh, it's just a really good documentary because it's, it shows that people don't change, even though they do, like, no matter how old you get, you still have tendencies that that say that you are that same kid, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Number five. Number five. Number five. This is probably my closest thing I've got to like a upbeat one. <clears throat> uh, no one dies in it. So I guess that's good. Um, this was actually a documentary that came out and was later made into a movie starring uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt too. But uh, I have Man on Wire. Uh, it's a story I've heard of, about that one. Of, uh, this guy from France had this dream when he saw the World Trade Center being built that he wanted to stretch a tightrope between the two towers and walk it. And uh, I've heard this described as like almost like a heist film the process of them trying to get up into the towers to do this because they did it all illegally. And it really is. I mean, it's, it's tense in moments of them telling the story and there's like some, not to, you know, fake documentary footage of them, like in the process of it. Uh, but it's, it's really, really compelling watch and he gets to live his dream. So <laughs> it's a, uh, it's pretty cool though. Better no one dies, right? Yeah. You answered, you answered my question when you said no one dies because uh, yeah. I was like, does he make it across? <laughs> he does. Several times. Does all a cartwheel, right. a backflip? <laughs> he does all the little tightrope tricks. So. <laughs> I just like, I've, I've seen pictures of that though real quick. Um, 
it's just terrifying. Like there's pictures of like shot from a helicopter or something of him on the wire, and it's so far fucking down to the ground. Yeah, man. Like oh, I, I could imagine. That. It's good to have a hobby, but I'll choose I'll choose a safer one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, my number five is the vow, which is about the Nexium cult. Uh, it's on HBO. It's a it's like a it's really more of a series, but uh, it basically talks about this guy Keith Rainier, who basically created this program to and to like better like high up like CEOs and actors and actresses and like to it was like a motivational thing and he created this whole like cult basically and he had actors and actresses and famous people and CEOs and all kinds of people just but it it turned out that really it was just a sex cult and he was playing on all these aren't they all he was playing on the, uh, especially like the actresses, their insecurities. Like he was a master manipulator and he had all these people and there was like tier systems and everything. Like it, it's, yeah. it's fucking Wasn't there crazy. Branding? There was branding involved. There was like yeah. branches. He had, he had like uh, places set up all over the country. Like he called them like Nexium centers where people would go to these like, uh, these functions like you know how salespeople had like party meetings to like get people hyped up about this and that it was like it was crazy it's it's crazy to and like uh allison mack who was in a smallville that's just gonna bring that up yeah she's Produces like second the, in command she's she? probably the most famous person uh there and yeah she, she was one of the second in command and it, it's crazy he had like rich heiresses and all kinds of shit. And this guy is like five foot tall. He has like a ponytail and a beard. And he was just slaying these chicks. <laughs> but he was also like pimping them out. So. Yeah, but they're going to jail for a long time. Oh, they're all going to jail. There, there's actually a second season that's going to come out talking about like the trial and everything else. So. But it wasn't just women. It was men too. There was men, women, all of them. Then they were all brainwashed into making Greg, you were, you were there too right Greg for part of it for part of it gotcha. only the sex stuff though no, Greg survived it <laughs> he, he left after they put the buffet away damn right <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence you laughed at that way too fucking much okay it wasn't that damn funny, right? Lawrence, funny Lawrence loves the fat jokes okay he does <laughs> I used to be fat man all right so my number five, a lot of people probably expected to be in my top three. Great documentary. It probably on any given day it could be in my top three. My number five is The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, the ten part series. Man, too low. This this thing was fucking amazing. I I absolutely loved it. I haven't seen um, that one. It I. I I was talking about this to everybody at work. How did I see Lance Armstrong before I see <laughs> I don't know, man. But yeah, it 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 gives the story from Jordan like the way you want to hear it, man. All the way from you know his younger years, all the way to when he became a star. He was in the NBA, but like it 
shows you so much about Jordan that probably a lot of people didn't know, man. Like, that guy was just a different type of athlete. Like, he, he, he took basketball more serious. He was basically the coach, I mean, of the team. They had their coach, but he was like, you know, the assistant coach and the player at the same time because when they lose, he would give the team shit. When they win, he would still give the team shit. You know, like it. He he just he pulled no punches, man. It just it was just an amazing documentary. And anyone who's a fan of Jordan, you're doing yourself a disservice not watching this. Yeah, Jay, you're not fat. You're big bones. <laughs> That's what we all say. Yeah. <laughs> but but Greg Gregory, uh, why is it called the Last Dance? What is the reference in that? It's, it's the last season they were going to be together. Yeah, it was the 96 yep. season. Oh, the- now it makes sense. Yeah. You got to see it, Lawrence. I do. I, I definitely. Too many people have brought that up. I got to see it, man. But uh, my... Uh, on, hope- on Netflix, by the way. I don't- yeah. Right yeah, now? Yeah, I think they just put it on there. Yeah. Not long ago. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Uh, so moving on to my number five, uh, this was special to me because this got me into like boxing and stuff. I love... You know, even more so than the Rocky movies. Like, I like the Rocky movies too, but this documentary was like better than any boxing movie. And it was the Ollie versus Frazier. Um, and it was the uh, A Nation Divisible. This came out in like 2002. I was a kid when I seen it. And this talks about the lead up to that fight. And, you know, I'd always known who Muhammad Ali was, but I never knew who Joe Frazier was until this documentary. And this made me a huge Joe Frazier fan, even more so than Ali. I still love Ali. But this really gave insight to this fight, and it's one of them boxing matches like you never see, you, you've never seen again. Because the story behind it, it's basically like there were two champions. You know, Ali was not hadn't been beaten. He was stripped because he didn't want to go to Vietnam, so he lost the title. He comes back, and Frazier's now the, the heavyweight champion. They have a fight, and the stuff leading up to this was so crazy. Like all the stuff Ali said about Frazier. He always talked shit before, but this one he went in hard. Like he was calling him like an Uncle Tom and all this other shit. And like, dude, his kids, like Fraser's kids would have to go to school and they would be like hearing this and they'd come back to him like, what does that mean? And what, why is he calling you this? Why is, and it pissed him off something awful. So when he fought him and won, like spoiler, man, it was like a, something out of a movie. Like the whole fight and the fact that he beat Ali, you know, after all the trash talk. It's just really good, dude. Check it out. Awesome. <clears throat> I'll so leave I, someone I'd like to like I know a little bit about him but uh, I'd like to watch some more stuff about him there's a lot that I don't know no so uh, I actually went and saw his grave a couple of years ago really yeah where is it at so, yeah so I'm trying to figure <laughs> it's in Louisville He's buried in the same cemetery with Colonel Sanders. So, they are both Kentuckians. So, yeah. so next time I go back home, Lawrence, we sh- you should you should roll with me. Yeah, I'm coming out of grave. Yeah. All right, my turn. Yes, sir. All right, so my number four is kind of related to the last one I had, and <laughs> it's uh, 9/11. This is a uh, documentary that uh, there's two French filmmakers. They were coming to New York just to do a, a film about uh, a young fireman. So they were, they started filming like the training and, and the recruiting process. And uh, 
then 9-11 happens. And uh, I think this is the only documentary that has footage inside the towers yeah. as, as the planes are hitting it. So... Um, it, it wasn't that wasn't that on like national TV too. It was like on yeah. The they they premiered it. They premiered it like September 11th the following year, I think. Yeah, See, yeah. No, I'm, I'm kind of pissed right now, and I'm going to tell you why. Because when we were compiling this list, I was searching out. I was like, man, I got to have a fucking 9/11 documentary on my list. Yeah, and out of all the ones that popped up, I did not see that on a single one of them. It was on some of the top 100 lists that I looked at, and it sounds amazing. So I'm, I'm it, is, it, it was on one. TV too, which was I watched it when it came on TV, and it was pretty crazy to just see it like actually happening. Right. Yeah, I I've seen a few 9/11 documentaries. To me, that one's by far the best one. Uh, so I need to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. So uh, my number four is Abducted in Plain Sight, which is the one I talked about a little earlier about the guy sucking his buddy's dick. <laughs> but basically... There's your feel-good one, Greg. Basically, uh, <laughs> this guy, he was a, a neighbor to these, this family, and he basically like manipulated this family into basically letting them kidnap their daughter and oh, keep her. And uh, I mean, basically, that's. I mean, she tells the story, and it, it, it's just the whole time you're watching it, you're just like, "What the fuck? Like, how does this happen? Like, how does somebody just let this? Like, but the guy was a master manipulator, and he even at one point got the dad of the daughter to suck his dick. Like he was. He said they were just. This was the ultimate fucking con artist, man. <laughs> Hey, they were driving around, they were talking about something, and the guy pulled over and you know, and he's like, he's like, my friend, my buddy told me, you know, that he needed some relief, so I relieved him. <laughs> so uh interest, interest, oh, he, he, he pulls over to the side of the road, he's like, uh, he's like, you know, uh, what's your favorite flavor of a popsicle? <laughs> oh Greg, this isn't happening. Root beer? Oh mine too. You'll you know, interesting story. Would you believe you? You're not gonna believe me when I tell you this, but my dick actually tastes just like a root beer popsicle. Yeah. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I swear to God, it does, man. I swear to God. Look, we can never tell anybody about this. Just taste it. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. It's, but in all seriousness, though, it's literally a, a documentary you'll watch with your mouth open the whole time. No, no the fuck I won't. <laughs> you literally just like, what the fuck? The entire, the entire time. dude. That Especially guy. If you're a parent. It's just right. like what, like what the hell? Now that, that guy, sounds, it definitely he sounds that interesting. Man. Yeah, he owned that family. That's what that means. That's fucking crazy. Oh man, how do I how do I top that? Uh, <laughs> right, you <laughs> can't. Yeah, uh, you're right. Not especially now with my next one. My number four is a documentary I've recommended to so many people, and for some reason nobody wants to fucking watch it, which I don't understand. I guess because it's heartbreaking. But uh, it's the Cove, the documentary about, about the, the uh, yeah the the Japanese uh, island where they they gather all these dolphins and each year they're still doing it to this day. It's not stopped, and they just fucking butcher them. I mean, what? And they just <laughs> they just butcher them, and they do it they do it for the for their meat. They sell their meat to the 
they say it's like a food shortage and the reason they do it is to sell meat to the you know the local community so everyone has food the documentary basically goes into how they don't need to do that there's there's other means it's still it's still up for debate this day the japanese government's not going to do anything about it they don't care they say it's their way of life and things like that but uh it's like you know they teach you all the stuff about dolphins in it and how intelligent they are and such like that and like you once you learn all that information about them and, <clears throat> and how smart they are and how similar they are to us being you know a sea mammal that it, it's just disturbing man when yeah dude like dolphins protect us this documentary is on my list because i went all the way down the rabbit hole man i went and i watched the unedited tapes because they don't have the full version of the tapes in the documentary I went and watched the unedited version of the tapes, and when I watched those, dude, I was just my mouth hit the floor. I'm like, I'm I was angry at these people. I'm like, what the fuck, Wait, it's, man? Why, it's, Greg? It shows it, them killing the dolphins. Eh, in graphic detail, it's it's horrifying, but uh, it's fantastic documentary. Um, don't if you're gonna watch it. Go in knowing yeah, that this is not this is not a happy story, man. It's not happy at all. You're you're going to be angry if you watch it, and it's just a it's it's a rough watch. But I would recommend it to anyone. All right, I guess I'm up. Def now definitely you, hate. <laughs> Corey, you mentioned this previously with the 9/11 thing. Um, I didn't see that one specifically. Uh, but if you go on YouTube and stuff and watch any of the documentaries on 9/11. Uh, I mean that that had me fixated for weeks, dude. Not when I, because I knew about it when I was a kid, and you see the planes going to the building. But uh, sorry, that's so I funny, Greg. I beat the fucking laugh. But as you're talking about that, I read Hayden's comment. This one exactly. Yeah, that was in there. <laughs> How the fuck can I not chuckle? <laughs> Thanks, Hayden. He he completely hijacked this. Thing. But all serious, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, but I I was watching stuff. I went down a rabbit hole with 9/11 because uh, again, I I recently kind of got into not like looking into the details about it. I only knew of like what you saw on the news. But man, when you hear the last phone calls of some of these people, like there's one guy who's in there and they have no clue what's going on because they're they're in the building. They don't know if a plane went through. One guy is on the phone and he's pleading with them like, send everyone you got. Uh, his name is Kevin Cosgrove. And uh, he's on the phone with the police, and the police are trying to calm him down. Like, sir, you need to conserve your energy. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. And he's panicking. He's like, no, you have no clue what's going on in here. I can't see. Like, smoke's coming in. And then right uh, at one point, you hear the building, like a pop, and the building's coming down. He's on, like, the, the top floor. And you just hear all the uh, the asphalt from, like, the uh, the beams and stuff pancaking oh. down. As And then the phone disconnects. And oh. he, you know, it was one of the saddest things, like, and the people jumping from the buildings, I had never seen that before, until I saw this doc, the, you know, the documentaries on YouTube, like, <laughs> and that was just sick, dude. As this whole thing on 9/11 was just crazy. It was a weird time because, like, at least two weeks straight, I could do nothing but watch news. Yeah, yeah. that's the most news I ever watched as well. As when it it happened to me when I was. It happened for me when I was in eleventh uh, grade. So we were like, I was in school, and they like turned the TV on, and it's like all we did for like three days was just sit in class and watch TV, watch the news. It's still like watching a fucking movie. 
especially yeah. the second, second plane. It's and like when the buildings come down, it's just like, is this yeah. fucking real? That's how I, yeah. I remember the whole time just thinking, is this is this real? Like, is this really fucking happening? Yeah, dude, it's haunting because like <sighs> ground level. Lawrence, did you have a movie though? Because you never said the movie title. No, there, there's no. I didn't have a movie title, but I mean, I was wow. just. This is just something like I'm browsing on like YouTube, and then like there's plenty of documentaries. Like they're not really named, but they. You type in like, you know, just 9/11, and you'll, you'll come across all these like video home footage of all that stuff. It's so it's just heartrending. There's one documentary that's just nothing but that. It's people's camcorder or whatever. Yeah, and you see it from ground level. Yeah. Well, did right, you so say your number four, Lawrence? He didn't say his number four. That was it. That was the nine eleven. Yeah, uh, that was nine eleven documentaries. Yeah, it's put on that. <laughs> um. All right. So we're to we're to the the top three, gentlemen. Right. This is a uh, this is where we separate the men from the boys. My top three is like one A, one B, one C. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hayden. YouTube is weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've mentioned this before. This will be my 30 for 30 pick. Great, great, great one. Yeah, that one's good. Anything you want to know about anything surrounding this case is in this. I think it's a seven-hour documentary. Um, but it just goes into extreme detail. And it's, it, to me, it's the best telling of that story. So, And it won um, tons of awards. Yeah, I, I can't say anything else about it, really. Uh, this is an awesome little uh, addition I found. I found this for six bucks used. Yeah, that's like, fucking impressive, dude. Could I not pass up on it. It's like got a like a book in it. And wow. Everything's oh. kind of in. That's awesome. Yeah. So. He has the best, best list because he has like the fucking box art and shit. Well, he's not a fucking amateur at this, okay? Sure. Well, start buying shit. <laughs> so... So have you guys heard, I just recently, like two days ago, heard this theory, this new theory about OJ, that his son is actually the one that did it, and that he was helping him cover it up. I kind of think him and his son both were there that night. That's why. Yeah, and that they were saying, like, that's why the glove didn't fit, and this and that, is because it was actually his son that that killed him. And he was, and he was, he led the police on that chase so that they could, uh, hide some of the evidence and stuff and cover up the case so his son pretty crazy that fucking case. conspiracy theory i mean <laughs> no, that case right. has to be one of the most fascinating cases in history just with the, with the way shit went down a man got away with murder like i would never ask this man for nothing not even a pack of a cigarettes or a stick of gum like this guy oj simpson did it i mean there's no way around it whether no, and, then he, the and then he you know he was not you know not subtle about it man he's like Rubs it in people's fucking faces. Yeah. I mean, I, there was a book called "If I Did It." <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. They they stuck him in jail for some stupid ass shit. And, yeah, uh, for she quite a while, sir. Exactly, Jay. The ultimate fuck you, mom. <laughs> fuck you, mom. <laughs> Stay All right, be clear. All right, Dustin. <laughs> what you got for your number four or number three? I'm sorry. All right. Like I said, these are all like super duper close. Uh. But my number three is a 30 for 30, and it's four days in October, which is about the year that the Red Sox won the World Series and broke the curse, and they came back from being down 3-1 to the Yankees. If you know anything about me, 
huge Boston fan. My family, I took off work for like that whole week. I took like a vacation when, uh, when the Reds, when the Red Sox won the world series, we all jumped up and was throwing shit and jumping on top of each other. Just like they were on the field. Like it meant a lot to my family. So that, and that documentary does a great job of telling that story of that team. Cause that team was just a bunch of dummies. <laughs> Yeah. Johnny Damon said. <laughs> no, but does bunch of idiots. Like, and the fact that they beat the Yankees. Dude. And the, and and the what makes it even better is the year the year before that, my dad was actually he got sick and he was in the hospital, and uh, and Aaron Boone hit that fucking home run that eliminated us from going to the World Series the year before that, and uh, and I was, I mean, I was devastated. We were all devastated that year, and then the next year. We thought it was going to happen again. Like, here we go again. About to get booted out once again, this close to getting to the World Series. And uh, and then we came back 3-1. Just, it, it's awesome. And well, that one does a good good job telling the story. I was all in favor of them. Only thing that hurt is they beat the Cardinals in the World Series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I knew once we got to the World Series, we weren't losing. There was no fucking No, losing. after you come back. 3-0. There's too much momentum there. Yeah. It had never been done before. Yeah. Pretty awesome. All right. So my number three, Lawrence, you will very, very much approve of this. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Exactly. You got it. <laughs> no, uh, my number three <laughs> is When We Were Kings, the Ali versus Foreman yeah, documentary. That documentary is yeah, just absolutely is. amazing, man. Like, from beginning to end, it's going to take you in. It, it gives you Ali exa exactly as you want him. And it was, you know, his – I don't remember if that was his last fight or not. I think it might have been. Uh, but, you know, that's what they were contemplating, you know, talking about is this Ali's last fight, you know. Does he still have it? You know, George Foreman came in there as the Mike Tyson type, man. He was a heavyweight yeah, champion yeah. of the world, and he was just dominating everybody. And, like, even the people talking about Ali, like the, the sports analysts and such, thought Ali was scared because he was doing so much talking to Foreman. You know, he kept saying, you know, Foreman's scared of me. He's scared of me. Just talk so much, man. And, like, he, he just he got under Foreman's skin so bad and pissed him off so bad that when the fight actually happened – Foreman was just filled with rage and just fucking punched himself out. And, you know, Ali did that famous rope-a-dope and then just, you know, got that that star knockout that every boxer ever wants and, you know, became the yeah, world dude. champion again. So that it, is crazy. amazing documentary. It it damn near made my number one, honestly. Like Dustin said, like if you have a 1A, 1B, and 1C, this one is definitely it falls into that. But I absolutely love it, man. Like, it it just clarifies that Ali was the greatest of all time, and it's undebatable. I mean, yeah, and going back to that, Greg, like, and going to the fight, you got to remember this was not Ali in his prime. He lost four years of his prime, exactly. Of the whole, and for him, it showed that he really was, man. You know. So yeah. Well, we lost we lost Dustin again. So uh, if you if you want to go ahead and give your uh, your pick, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead. Back. You guys might not have heard of this. I it's another one I came across on. It's your uh, number three, so it better be something. 
Worthy. Yeah, it's, it's it's good. This one had me uh, up nights, man. This was I was at work looking at this, kind of just studying through it because I'd seen the documentary on it. But it's the New Mexico Penitentiary uh, riot from 1980. There's like a whole documentary on this on um, on YouTube again. But uh, basically, in 1980, now everyone knows about Attica. You know that was a famous one. This ha Attica happened before this one. But this was crazier than that. Kevin Nash started yelling at Corey. <laughs> <laughs> but the New Mexico riot, man, this then the documentary goes into how it started. It was like the prisoners. It was a basic prison riot. But, um, you know, it details how it starts, like how the administration created this environment of hate and like the snitch systems and how prisons were in like the 70s and 80s. Like when people say like don't drop the soap and all the stuff they think of prison, they mean this era, like in the eighties, because there was no like tier system. So if you were arrested for shoplifting and went to got sentenced, you went to the same prison as like a cold murder. There was no distinction between you. And you shared a cell and you had like let's say you had six months, you shared a cell with a dude who was in there for life. So you that he had nothing to lose and you were trying to stay on good behavior to get out early. And they would fuck with those guys bad and like Eventually, and the living conditions were like three dudes to like a bunk, people sleeping on floors. Like they didn't even have cells. It was just people cramped into rooms, like a hundred deep to a room that was meant for 20. And like there was no AC and it was just hell. And like eventually one day they rioted and the shit they did to like snitches and guys they had on their hit list was just barbaric. Like I didn't know human beings could hate this much and like do the stuff they did to people. But check it out, man, if you get a chance. It's just the it's the New Mexico penitentiary riots of 1980. And it, it's just going to, like, the guards talk about it and, like, they break down crying because they remember how haunting this was. It was just, like, so evil. Like, took blow torches to people's faces and shit like that. But it's just, it's just evil. Hmm. It's just evil. You're mm -hmm. fascinated with the prison shit. <laughs> it's just It's just fucked up, man. It's like... It's it's my worst fear, man. Honestly, I get I it. I totally it. get it, man. It's... All right. And I think I'm Dustin not... hit the nail on the head with it because Dustin was like, you know, you want to just leave. It, that would piss me off not being able to leave. And just Jay says he thinks it. he found it on YouTube, Lawrence. Yeah, Jay, that's it, man. It's on YouTube. Cool. All right, it's down to the wire now. Number two. <laughs> My number two, I think, was on your buddy's uh, honorable mentions you mentioned earlier, and it's uh, The Thin Blue Line. Uh, this is a documentary about a, a police officer that was shot, and uh, they arrest a guy, and um, all the evidence points to it not being the right guy they arrested. And this documentary uh, actually helped get this guy out of prison. Uh, all the research done for this documentary. So it's really well done. And uh, if you haven't seen it, I highly, highly recommend it. I was actually talking with Lawrence about that whenever I was dashing earlier. I was talking about how I didn't get a chance to watch that before we made this list. And I was regretful of it because I was yeah. like, I guarantee this will make my list. Yeah, it's it's so good. When did you see it, Corey? Like, when... i seen it. Um... It's probably been at least twenty years now, so. Yeah, sounds like a good one. I need to check it out. 
All right. Justin, what's on, what you got for your number two? My number two is The Last Dance. It was my number one, but I, I bumped it down for my number one. But like I said, there it's one A, B, C for me. But I mean, if you, it, to me, it settled the debate on who's the best basketball player of all absolutely. time. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Like that was the main thing that I, I, I took away from it was if you think that LeBron or anybody, Kobe, anybody's better than Jordan, you're wrong. You, if you watch that and still think that, you're wrong. You know what impresses me about that being your number two is that many a times you've had conversations with me to where you tell me I don't even like Jordan that much. Well, I never did like Jordan. I'm a I'm a I'm a Celtics fan, dude. He he end he was he ended our our reign. You know, he was he was the new guard. He he pushed Bird to the side, kind of. So I never I always respected Jordan, but I I never liked him and. Uh, until like later on in life when I could really appreciate how great he really was. Dustin, who was the Celtics guys at that time during that era? Because I don't even remember hearing about them when the Bulls were on that rain, dude, that, that just powerhouse trip. Yeah, we. I mean, we were after like eighties. After the eighties, we were we were there were nobodies. We sucked for a long, long time. So Jay, you're saying Shaq is the greatest of all time? That's who you're going with? What? Uh, <laughs> Shaq's my favorite player of all time, but not the greatest. And he's not half retarded. I hated how people said that that rumor about him. <laughs> well, I never fucking heard that. Yeah, people said he was half retarded because of the way he talked. It's like leave him alone. This is how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> Whose turn is it? I'm sorry. Greg's turn. Oh, God. I, I, I don't I don't want to, I don't even want to say it, man. No, uh, actually I do. I, I, I can't wait. Um, my number two is a documentary that I hope is on someone else's list and not just mine. Uh, Grizzly Man. Oh, Chris, no. The story about Timothy Treadwell. Uh, yeah, we how know he about would that. go like every year and like spend, I guess, like the winter or summer with the, I don't remember what season it was, but he spent a shit ton of time with fucking uh, grizzly bears. And anyone who's seen this documentary knows that this is not a happy ending at all. I mean, he basically, uh, you find out later that, you know, at once you jump down the rabbit hole and do the research that a bear migrated into that territory that wasn't normally there and it was hungry and starving. So it basically just, killed timothy treadwell and his girlfriend i mean just there's there's supposed to be footage like the sounds of what happened when the bear attacked them you can find like fake videos on youtube and such that say yeah that there's no audio i look for it but the the director said that you know they have the audio but they're never going to release it mm -hmm. i mean they want them to burn it's, it yeah it's it's of course, if you see the documentary, all of us are curious. But I mean, like, you don't need to hear it, man. Like, the story itself is, is sad enough. But amazing documentary. I, I rec highly recommend it to anyone to watch. It, it was just. It's yeah, just I was gonna ask that too. Like, Jay says he was stupid, but do you think he was a little bit crazy? Because in the documentary, they show like he was a little bit out there. 
I don't think he was crazy, man. I think he just... Yeah, I guess anyone who deals with animals like that, I don't think it's a crazy, man. I just think they have the love for the animals and they have an understanding of them that they, I think the problem is they grow so attached to the animals, they eliminate the fact that they're still killing beasts and they're still predators. Yeah, I I think they work with them so much they lose that, not not the respect for the animal, but they feel like they know how to be in control at all times and they don't. Same thing happened with Steve Irwin. Exactly. They you humanize know. them too much. They they put a human aspect to the animals, but they're no, they're not humans. They're animals, and they'll fucking they're kill you. They're unpredictable, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No way. So uh, that was yours, Greg. Oh, what is that true, Jay? What he said? Oh shit. That the pilot could see it from the air. Holy shit! That's oh man. Oh, dude. Just if that's oh, if that's true, that's. That's fucking horrible. Mm. Yeah, that sucks, wow. man. Yeah, but a great documentary. If if you haven't seen it, watch it. Put it put it on your to watch list. Dude, we're not gonna have any time to do nothing, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> too many good documentaries. But uh, I guess it's my turn, huh, Greg? Yeah, that was my number two. My number two. You mentioned this earlier, Corey, but I actually watched that and finished all three parts this morning. Um, I watched uh, part one yesterday, last night, and I finally was binging it, and I, I finished it uh, this morning. It was Paradise Lost, and you, you got it. I actually stumbled upon this actually a long time ago on, uh, again, YouTube, <laughs> of all places, on accident. Uh, and when the Metallica soundtrack kicks in and it starts giving narrations on what the stuff is about, it was I was hooked. Dude, this yeah. case was haunting. Basically, three little boys uh, get murdered in Arkansas. And uh, Robin Hood Hills, some small trailer town, man. It's it's like a dump, uh, and they it's like a hysteria, and they they blame these three teenagers. And at first, you're kind of like they might have done it. They kind of look kind of suspicious, you know. And as they're presenting the facts of the case, you realize like, no, these guys didn't do it. And it's what's heartbreaking about it is in the first one, they get convicted. Everyone knows the story, the West Memphis Three. And like what I love about the documentary is like the amount of detail they go into the court because like no one had done nothing like Paradise Lost, uh, I think. So like the courts let them have unprecedented amount of like free time with the, the defendants, with the families, with the town. And everyone is a character, dude, even the town itself. And like it's so crazy because like one of the parts that got me on this, Corey, is whenever they're convicted, right? And the lawyer, you know, and the kids are being escorted and they're cursing these guys up and down and they're innocent. And like, it, it sucks, dude, because when I was 16, you know, I'm in high school and I'm thinking about like, you know, football and sports and like going to the mall and stuff, learning how to drive. And these guys are going to prison for the rest of their lives. And then when they drop them with that death penalty stuff and then the false confessions and all the police are so, so corrupt in this. And it's just one of the most heartbreaking documentaries I've seen. Before, before Corey says his number one, before we jump into that, I'm just going to say I'm going to need all of y'all to send me your damn list on Messenger so I don't think, <laughs> so I can remember some of these ones to, to watch, man, because, God, there's so many that I want to see. Yeah, I did want to mention a couple things. First off, Jay said, do you guys think the stepdad did it? I think it's a strong possibility, but I also think since he's been out, by the way, all these guys are out of prison now. Yeah, they're out of prison now. Uh, 
Damian Nichols is fucking weird. Uh, Dude, he is. And this is what I have to ask, Corey. What the fuck? Where were their alibis? I do. I've looked in this case. Where were? I don't see where the three of their alibis are that would exonerate them, anyways. So wow. it's weird. This case. Uh, it was it's kind of a weird deal that got him out. Like they had to yeah. plead guilty. You know, I, I can't remember. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, uh, there's also a West a movie called West of Memphis too that kind of combines all three movies into one. Yeah, and it's, real, it's really good too. Either so. way though, Corey, like, dude, the real killer's still out there. They didn't catch whoever yeah. fucking did yeah. this. Whether they did it or someone else, yeah. This oh, documentary no. sounds so fucking amazing. It's, it sounds it, like it should it be someone's number one. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's a lot of people's number one. Yeah, this is fucking oh. a trip, man. All right, I get the honor. <laughs> so, um, we have this friend, or at least I had a friend. I don't know how much, how friendly you are with him, Greg. Uh, Jeremy King, you remember Jeremy King, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, back in the day, um, we would like be going through high school, I guess it was, and he's always he was always toting around this book and telling me about it, and made me watch this movie about that was based off the book, and the book was uh, Helter Skelter, and I had no interest in it. I watched the movie with him, and I was like, okay, I. People got killed. You know, I really didn't grasp what was going on. So, like, fast forward a few years after that, and I have watched this thing on YouTube, and it was kind of like a trailer for this documentary. And it was my number one. It was uh, this this one called Six Degrees of Helter Skelter. And um, so I watched this thing, and I was just enthralled because the guy that that made this documentary was a, he did like this um, death, you know how like you go to like LA and they'll do like the tours of like celebrity homes yeah. and things like that. Well, he did the thing like that where like celebrities died, shit like that. So he did, he did this documentary and he just goes like step by step by step through everything that happened through that whole case. And they go to like those locations where it all happened and he like shows you and everything. And I was just freaking enthralled with that story after watching that. I'm enthralled with hearing you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So, so much so, <laughs> and Greg saw this recently, that from that guy, I bought this piece of Sharon Tate's fireplace. Yes, that's awesome. So um, I, I watched that documentary at least once every you know what we don't even need to hear anyone else's Corey wins okay Corey <laughs> always wins <laughs> so no, I, I think my number one might win i uh i didn't know it was a competition what the fuck <laughs> i highly suggest that and i did want to shout him out too he's got these two uh two other things out called dearly departed one and two and these are just like little miniature versions of that where um he goes to like other famous places where people were killed. He does like the Black Dahlia. He does um, like a, a bunch of other celebrities, Marilyn Monroe, things like that. So even well, though it's okay on that one. So, and also just recently, you uh, had an interview with a gentleman that lives a couple houses down from the house where uh, Sharon Tate was murdered. 
I did. David so, Ullman. Uh, it was a fun interview. I just bought his book and got that in recently. So going to read yeah, so through that soon. So. Definitely go check out that episode. I still have yet to be able to watch that one, but I definitely plan to. Very it's, soon. A, it's a wild one. <laughs> There's ghost, there's ghostly activity in that podcast four times. I know. I, I, can't, I can't wait. The documentaries occupied all my time, man. It's taken so much from me. Greg, we this should uh, we should all take a trip to the uh, Museum of Death in New Orleans because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good serial killer uh, memorabilia there. Ooh, like, that sounds awesome. That like sounds his, like something uh, fire, awesome. They have like Jeffrey Dahmer prison letters, Charles, uh, nice. Charles Manson artwork. They all kinds you, of shit. Good stuff. You think they'd let us record? Like if we no. went in there? That's what I was gonna ask. Any, no, no cameras. Well what we could do is we could like record outside Why and not, then though? like um go inside and view it and then talk about what we saw after yeah. we come out. I, I think we should do definitely do that. It's like I think it's like ten bucks or something. It's not it's like and it's a quick it's a quick go through like maybe thirty minutes time. Oh, I'm totally down, dude. We just gotta sync our schedules together and try to make this happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get my ass down there around November. Save it. Yeah, actually, that'd be great if when Corey comes down here, yeah, we could all yeah. sync it up to where we could all go together. That'd be awesome. My my daughter of all people is the one that told me about this museum, <laughs> so <laughs> we took her. Uh oh. Hey, uh, Hayden has a has a pitch to you, man. He wants to uh, he wants to hear your prison story first off. I love how also, he wants to hear stories on a previous episode. Dusty. <laughs> Yeah. Dusty. He always calls me Dusty. Dusty. Look, Dusty, when Hayden acknowledges you, you you respond to him. All right? my, my prison story is on the, uh, I think it's on the Alien episode. I think it is. Yeah, it is, of all places. So yeah. most right, Dustin, since you think you can top Corey, I want to hear your uh. number one. <laughs> all right. I can't believe this isn't on anybody's list. I mean, I don't know if it's anybody else's number one, but I highly doubt it. But motherfucking Tiger King. I was waiting for that one to pop up. No, I wasn't on one. I ain't seen it. Tiger King? Have you not seen Tiger King, Greg? Nope. Yeah. Corey, have you seen I've it? I've heard about it. No, I refuse to watch it. Fuck Joe Exotic. He should be uh, in jail. What is Tiger <laughs> well, King? And inform me. It's the story of Joe Exotic and his, uh, and his uh, crazy zoo of tigers and lions and it's just the most fucked up ass story that just you there's all these characters there's one guy that owns another animal type place and he has like four different girlfriends and he like rides on the backs of tigers and stuff like it is just like shit that you think can't be true but it's it's right there and there's a there's a murder conspiracy and all kinds of the guy ends up in jail. Joe Exotic is in jail now for trying to murder some other owner of a zoo. Uh, uh, Slaughterport says Tiger King is great also. So. Tiger King is awesome. It, I mean, I don't know about Corey's feelings about Joe Exotic, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the documentary is good. It's like, I don't know, it's like five or six episodes on Netflix, <laughs> but it was uh, everybody almost. I thought almost everybody watched it during the pandemic. So, that's I'll, uh, my I'll it, it sounds interesting. I'll have to look into it. Dustin, the only reason I didn't watch it because I know of it is because so many people did. I'm the type of guy that's got to wait till it, it's old to watch. I don't know why. Well, it's old. It's a year old now. So, yeah, I'm going to check it out now. 
Corey, what's, what's right. your deal with Joe Exotic? You know him or something? Cause, no, because he's shitty to animals with that zoo he had. So. Yeah, I mean, it, he Fuck is. All of, all of them people in those, uh, yeah. even Carol Baskin, they're all they're all terrible people. And, and yeah. most all of them have gotten uh, in trouble. They actually just shut Joe Exotic Zoo down. But, yeah, it should have been uh, yeah. a long time ago. It's a good story. It's a crazy yeah, a stupid haircut. Story. And the best, the best part about it is the guy that made the documentary. He wasn't even trying to make a documentary about Joe Exotic. He was making a documentary about like uh, some like a snake salesman or something, and he ran into Joe Exotic. <laughs> snake oils. <laughs> something I can't remember what it was, but it was something completely off the off the. It was it had to do with animals, but not like this zoo thing. And he just happened to run into this guy. And then he goes on a fucking years-long journey of documenting this guy's entire story. It, it's crazy. It's a good documentary. Jeez. Oh, snake oil salesman was a large catchphrase. <laughs> That's immediately what I thought of when I heard snake oil. <laughs> uh, all right. My number one is probably one that nobody would ever expect to be my number one on a documentary list. But my number one is Honeyland. What it's is that? A, it's a documentary about an ancient beekeeper that lives in uh, Macedonia. This lady, uh, it, the documentary starts off. I thought this was going to be one that I would start up and I'd be like, okay, this is boring. I'm turning this off. But what I love about this documentary is there's really no introduction. It just goes right into it. There, there's no narration, anything. You just follow this lady as, a, as a, doing her ancient beekeeping thing. And this is how she makes her living. She, she goes and harvests this honey, basically goes on a damn mountainside and such. And she'll harvest it, take it into town, sell it. And that's how she takes care of her and her mother who live kind of in this like desolate area and what almost looks like something from fucking ancient Greece or something, man. Like this thing looks so old, but you know, she takes care of her and her mother with that. Her mother's old and, you know, kind of, kind of sickly. So she just tries to take care of her. You know, they bicker back and forth. You, you kind of get a, a feel of the relationship her and her mother have of that, you know, they've been around each other and they annoy each other, but they love each other anyway. Can't imagine being apart. Well, um, some part into this documentary, this Turkish family, moves in on on the land like right across from her and they just they completely disrupt her way of life like they start harvesting the bees too they try to make deals with her you know everything like you know well we'll do this well we'll work together and things of things of this nature and you know she tries to you know give them the knowledge on it to tell them you know not to not to fuck everything up by you know you only harvest half the honey and that way, you know, the bees have time to produce more and such like that. And it doesn't disrupt them too much. Well, these fucking people get greedy because this guy comes in and wants more honey. So they start pulling it too early and start fucking killing the bees, man. And, like, they're, they're fucking with her life cause, because they're killing their bees. It's fucking with her bees because they're, you know, communicating with, with each other and such like that. But this documentary is just fascinating, man. Like, you... It, it will have you hooked from the moment you start watching it. It, it. it absolutely blew my mind. I couldn't believe how much I liked it. But uh, definitely give it a watch, man. Honeyland, it 
I think it came out in 2019, and I saw it on a bunch of lists. That's the reason I, da- I downloaded it and watched it. And, man, it was so good. I, I yeah, absolutely amazing. loved it. So they could communicate with the bees is what you're saying? Well, no, like the, the bees communicate with each other. Like if you have bees in, a, in an area close together like that, they're going to fly back and forth, man. Like they're, they're going to, you know, exist with one another. And probably her bees are going to go to their comb. Their, their bees are going to go to her comb. And like the shit that they were pulling was like, you know, causing her bees to die too because – it, it, it's just, just weird how the bees operate, man. But, like, she had a technique down. She respected the bees and such like that. And this Turkish family was just in it for the profit. You know, like, they come in and just fucking disrupt the whole thing. But it, it's 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 a great documentary. Check it out. Honeyland. Honeyland. All right. All right, Lauren. So, Don't disappoint us. Yeah, so uh, the making of Fast and Furious. I didn't do it to be funny, but I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> No, my number one, uh, this is going to surprise a couple people. Uh, it surprised me, but um, I had seen this a couple years ago. Uh, it was Woodstock, Three Days of Peace. Have any of y'all seen that? I've seen it. I've seen it. It's, it's been a long time, but I've Dude, seen it. It's good. Like I had never seen it before. I heard of it, and I knew of Woodstock. I'm not a 60s guy or anything from that era. I like the 80s and 90s mostly, but... Um, I was watching this because, you know, I was going through Robert, Roger Ebert's list and I was kind of going through kind of like a homework assignment type thing. But um, and I didn't like documentaries at the time. But when I seen this, I was instantly drawn into it. Dude. And I'm not even a big music guy. I've never really been to live concerts, man. But um, except maybe like one. But when I seen this and the way that they were doing it, like the setting up the stages and you know, when the, the act started, like with musicians and stuff, you feel like you're there. And when the crowds come and the, the, the mosh pits and like the big whole like uh, the setups and the music gets going, they're the cameras like inches from the stage, like they're on stage with the performers. And like when they start jamming, the amplifiers going on the guitars, like you feel like you're there on stage with them. And like if you have surround sound or like a big screen, dude, watch it on there. Like the highest quality. I'm so fucking can. bored, Dustin. Huh? <laughs> I'm tired, bro. <laughs> That's just Dustin's, dude. <laughs> I'm trying to tell y'all. But yeah, dude, it's I got am. everyone in it, dude. Lawrence like, from <laughs> fucking Woodstock. Yeah, it's great, man. It's great. <laughs> it's just, I mean, that's how we felt with the baseball stuff, but uh, the Woodstock <laughs> stuff. I mean, it's like I said, I like I didn't care about this neither. I'm telling you, like I didn't, I don't care about '60s music, none of that shit. But. The the energy and the vibe that you get from there is like you're there. It's the one documentary I've seen. Like I didn't want to end. I wanted it to keep going and going and going. And like the ending when Jimi Hendrix came out there and did this guitar solo, I understand now why he's such a big deal. Like and why people get into like like rock bands and and stuff like that and music. Like I finally understand. So somebody top that shit and we'll see. Well, I, I mean, like all, we've already said our number one, so yeah. <laughs> you're the you were the last one, Lawrence. Yeah, Tiger King wins. I'm shocked that Honeyland wasn't on anybody's list. I I'm blown away. Honestly, great fuck Honeyland. <laughs> can I can I shout out one here that uh, wasn't on? I don't think it was on anyone's list, uh, but it was a pretty big deal when it came out. It was uh, Beyond the Mat. Oh man, I can't believe we. Oh no, yeah, that was a good one. 
How the fuck um, did I miss that? I just kind of missed my top, but uh, it was a pretty big deal when it came out. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely, especially for uh, wrestling fans. But, yeah. All right, all right, Hayden. I gotta, I gotta ask you. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about with this comment, man. It's like, Greg, I got you. I don't think the other guys watch much uh, Criterion stuff. No, because your stuff was on Criterion Classics. Like that's a um, a company that makes old movies and shit. Awesome. Not all of mine were old. Some of them were fairly, fairly recent. But yeah, Corey, I, I definitely recommend you check out Honeyland, man. I think you and Adrian would both enjoy it quite a bit. Like like Honeyland is humbling, man, because when you see like how they live, like it, it makes you start to question everything. You're like everything that people take for granted. You see how these people live, they're just the the bare the, the basics, man. Like her one of her big excitements that she gets from uh selling her honey is hair dye. Just yeah. the dire fucking hair is is a, is a big deal to them. Like you know, it, it makes them happy. Like you know, like, like, it's, it's, we're reboring it with the honey. You know what I think is interesting about these documentaries because a lot of us had like like downer documentaries. Yeah. Here. Uh, no, hey, yeah. I do not. Is the fact that they, um, I guess, to some degree, they make you feel like you have a somewhat normal and decent life. Yeah, Yeah, definitely everybody write down their list so we can uh, revisit some of these. So any 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 thoughts on uh, everyone's number ones? Any shockers? I'm shocked that nobody's seen Tiger King. I thought everybody's seen that documentary. I not only had I not seen it, I hadn't even heard of it. I don't how. How did you? Yeah, not I don't even know how you didn't hear of it. It was yeah, like was all weird. anybody talked about for like the first, like Dude. that January, February. Yeah, like there were so many memes. Yeah, peak pandemic times. It's <laughs> crazy that you haven't like, even man, heard of it. I was telling people to stay the fuck away. <laughs> <laughs> Six foot rule, <one>, bro. <laughs> but Corey, your number one surprised me. But it was. How did that become your number one? Like, how did you decide that? I just watched that. I watched that more than any other documentary. I think. I hadn't heard I of just, it, Jay Man. I just like to revisit that uh, that whole story. It's interesting. I don't know why it didn't connect with me when I was younger, <laughs> but uh, just watching it laid out that way, step by step, is uh, just amazing. I think that might be on. Net uh, on YouTube somewhere, unless it's been yeah, pulled down. But I'll try to dig for it. Yeah, uh, I thought that was pretty good. So Lawrence, I need to know: Does Corey win again? He he does, man. I, I'm telling you, Corey, <laughs> he's got experience, man. He's got he brings them. He actually brings and shows. So he's not lying. I guess it's like I got I gotta say, man. I don't appreciate your lack of reaction that I had an Ali documentary as my number three. <laughs> I did. I said I was agreeing with you every step of the way. I, I even commented on that. Oh, he was like, he's like, oh yeah, that's great. Uh huh. No, I didn't say that. Rewatch this video. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. 
I felt like that's Lawrence, how it was. Your, your list actually kind of surprised me because I don't think I saw a single documentary that was on your list. Not, yeah. I don't think I, yeah. not one. I mean, a lot, some of them, a lot of them came just off of YouTube. Like, if you're just it, scrolling through there, but I, you've I never heard, of, you've never heard of the Lance Armstrong story that Ride Like Hill or, I, oh, I, I heard, I, I've heard I've of that. You that talk one. about it every, every episode. We have, I think we've, I think we mentioned it before. Um, I, I could say by, uh, just experience of watching it, if you want to pull one off of, uh, Lawrence's list, definitely check out those Paradise Lost. Uh, I, I'm definitely gonna jump in. Uh, Jonathan, we are uh, we are we've been doing top ten list. Uh, the past couple weeks was uh, horror movies and um, sports movies, and this week it's documentaries. Our top ten documentaries. But uh, Corey, do you think so? You mentioned Damian Eccles. Do you think he is he is fucking off, man? And I don't know. Like even now, I think that he's out. Like I don't know. He's kind of twitchy. <sighs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I, that case is tough because a lot of it points to the stepdad, I think, like Jay was saying. Um, but then, man, he's just fucking weird. And some of that know. shit, dude, some of that stuff can't be accounted for. Like, dude, there was one part where the one kid, Jason, the younger one, his mom was like, I went to school to get his records if he was at school. He skipped school that day. He wasn't there. So what the fuck is going on? Like, so much is just, there's no answers. Isn't one of those kids, too, it's been a while since I watched this. Isn't he kind of slow like the uh, Jesse like Miss guy on? Uh, you know, hey, we're, we're undecided on what the next list is, but whenever I, uh, whenever we figure it out, I'll, uh, I'll send a message in the Twitter chat and uh, let you know. Yeah, but going back to what Corey said, yeah, that dude's the one who confessed, and that's what fucked up everything. He was not even a suspect. He was just a witness, and they, they held him for 12 hours, this guy who's retarded pretty much, and it just, and they only recorded 45 minutes of that confession, so something's off. That's that's just a red flag right See, there. See, man, like, y'all talking about this documentary makes me Dude, want to like, go binge it tonight. Good, man. It was just, almost more uh, – I'm almost identical to that – Brendan Dassey crap. But what I liked about it was it's it's not as biased as that one. Like this one That's gives true. all sides. I mean I mean the 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 two kids being slow and them kind of yeah. forcing their confession yeah. and shit. So well there's a yeah. whole like I think it's a I think it's a documentary or like a series about uh forced confessions and how the police are are bad about it. Yeah. They don't hey, really I just learned what the not, hell a Criterion film not, is but... tonight. I can't come up with the top ten yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Bojangles guy, there's someone in the comments, Slaughterport, was like, I want to know more about the Bojangles guy. That actually hurt the defense when they brought that up because it made him look desperate. So, it, I mean, the case sucks, man, because there's just so many unanswered. But Well, here, here's my suggestion, suggestion for a top ten. We kind of talked about it in our little Facebook chat. Uh, the Tarantino movies. Yeah. Is there enough of them though? There's ten. Yeah, there's ten. So oh, rank them. yeah, you mentioned. Oh, so you mean just rank the ten that there are? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that idea. We can do that. There you go, Hayden. So there you have it. <laughs> rank, we're ranking the Tarantino, the Tarantino films one to ten. Did hey, did we say we're gonna put Kill Bill as one? Like the one I, and two I, is one. 
I think so. And then you can also include True Romance too, if you want. Yeah, it's True Romance he wrote but didn't direct. But the, right, all the right. the other nine he wrote and directed. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, that's that sounds fun. I, I think that'll be sad, a good one. Honestly. The sad part about this is I'm probably gonna have to watch. Uh, I'm gonna have to go look at all the Tarantino films and make sure I've seen them all. I've got to watch uh, Hateful Eight. I've never got it through all that. I've seen that. I, it's a it's a crime, but I have not seen True Romance, even though I love. Have you I seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Haven't yes. seen that yet. Oh, that one's good. I like that. It's really yeah. good. I like it. But uh, I guess we'll save our uh, discussion for that uh, yeah. for next week. <laughs> for sure. All right, guys. Well, it's late. We're uh, almost two and a half hours in. I think this is the longest one we've done with a list. So the documentaries really, uh, really brought it out of us. Uh, I- I'm happy with everybody's list. It seems sounds like everyone put a lot into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jonathan, I'm old now, bro. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still got my hair though, unlike almost everybody. Just stay tuned every week, Jonathan. His hair is more wild by the week. It's like a wait till I cut style. it into a mullet. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> All right, well, uh, we're gonna wrap this episode up, everybody. Um, go ahead and go around and let everyone plug anything that they got to plug real quick here. Yeah, I still got the comic stuff coming. Um, the independent comics. Uh, I'm gonna probably upload a video tomorrow. Greg still got to teach me how to use Vegas Pro because I'll, I'll, sh- I'll give you some basics on it tonight. So that's coming. Uh, S'mores and Doors, I think this Saturday, Jonathan and I will be doing a uh, first episode of our television terror where we're going to uh, talk about two random episodes, one of uh, Tales from the Crypt and one of Tales from the Dark Side. Calm down, Hayden. I'll get on it. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, man. I got to go look it up, too. Yeah, me, too. And then... Tuesday, July 6th, 8 p.m. Central, we'll have second episode of East of the Rockies. Our guest will be Rachel Murphy. Uh, she's a spirit medium from the St. Louis Paranormal Research Society. That's going to be good. I'm, I'm, and she specializes in Ouija board seances. Oh, yeah. Nice. Corey, is she hot? Just look at my feed <laughs> on the... Uh, so so before... You, so before you, you tune in to, uh, to Corey's uh, episode there about the seances and the Ouija board stories, go listen to our Creepy Classics episode two, which is all Ouija board stories. So. Yes. Why are y'all competing? We're not competing. We're co-promoting. <laughs> uh, Dustin, you no, still selling I mean, cards online? Yeah, check out Raw Dog Cards 84 on eBay if you like sports cards. Awesome. And uh, yeah, we did no creepy classics this week. We actually didn't do anything for Monday podcast. Um, we are going to start doing some new stuff in the future, though, on Mondays. It's going to be kind of like a roulette of things. Uh, Lawrence has actually never seen Wes Craven's New Nightmare. So we're going to do a watch along of that. Yeah, uh, first reactions. Yeah, I, I can't I can't wait to do that. I'm excited to watch it again and I'm excited to see his reactions. So uh, uh, just uh one other thing I wanted to mention, uh, July 10th, Jonathan and I will be going to Louisville, Kentucky and meeting up with Dan and uh, Lorne and maybe a couple other guys. And so we're going to try to do a video on that trip. So. Oh, yeah, definitely get some video of that. That would be awesome. So, yeah. Well, all right. Just uh, want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, 
comments. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, tell your friends about us. Uh, get us some more followers, some more subscribers. We want to get the word out there because nobody will know about us if you don't tell them. So uh, until next time. Slack off, guys.